From one card to 15, the Ridge is the last wallet you will ever need. RFID blocking to protect your information and offered with free worldwide shipping and a lifetime guarantee. And to save 10% on your next Ridge wallet, go to ridgewallet.com and type the code Wallet Inspector. Ridge Wallet, it's the wallet for you. <laughs> Four finger discount, dude. Welcome to Four Finger Discount, proudly brought to you by the Simpsons quotes that nobody gets anymore. Facebook page, nohomers.net, popculture.com.au, ridgewallet.com, and podbean.com. I am Dando. I am Mitch. Today we are here to review another Simpsons clip show. Not much to say about this one, is there? I didn't watch it. At in, all? In protest, I did not watch the episode oh, this have, week. We have to discuss it just a fraction. Or, yeah, yeah. Or, I know enough to be able to do that. Don't stress. No, but no, I, yeah. it wasn't one that I... I was like, ah, look, they have a little bit of like, oh, does our relationship have spark? And then they all sit around a dinner table and then they watch Itchy and Scratchy. And kitchen then, table. And kitchen then, table. Dinner table? Kitchen yeah, yeah, table? Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. the same thing. <laughs> it's not <laughs> a dining table. They eat their dinner at the dining table. I didn't table. say dining. I said dinner. <laughs> okay, then. Whatever. Whatever. But anyway, yeah. they sit at a table, they talk about some stuff, and then the kids run away. That's I've, kind of how it works. My comment on this is it's not really a clip show. It's more of a recap show. That is recap episodes. Yeah, pretty much. It's like, it's like not, two minutes spent recapping an episode as yeah. opposed to clip, clip, clip. Because it's kind there of going clips through. throughout, but it's mostly just rehashing episodes. Kind, yeah, or rehashing love stories within episodes. Yeah. But each episode was based around a love story. That's what I mean, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's, that's pretty true. I felt like this was less well-framed than the very first one. 100%, With, yeah. So it's come to this, a Simpsons clip show. You've got the whole story of the shaking up of the beer in April Fool's and the... Which is... Arguably an iconic moment. Yeah, it is. Like, they inserted their own brilliant stuff, whereas this takes place in one room for the entirety of it, essentially. And it just felt a lot lazier. Mm-hmm. And I get why. I get that they were pushed for time and that, the, and they kind of put their own jokes in there themselves, making fun of the fact that this is just a, you know, a ham-fisted attempt at getting at carving out an episode yeah. with minimum effort. Fox actually wanted them to do several per season. Four, I think. Three the to four. four. Yeah. Yeah. Because for they Fox, do that. they make, that cost no money, but they still get to sell the syndication yep, rights. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The writer, John Vitti, didn't put his name to it. Yeah. Um, what did he credit Pennywise. himself? Pennywise. Yeah. yeah. Just because he didn't want to be credited as having done a clip show. <laughs> That's amazing. I saw it was directed by Silverman. Yes. Which is interesting. Well, it's funny. At the start of the commentary, they go, we know this is a clip show, so this our commentary is just going to be us talking about how we make an episode. Yeah, okay. So even they just threw the towel in. Yeah. <laughs> well, this episode has a rating of 6 out of 10 on IMDb, like a fan rating. Is that like an six average? Out of 10. Like what's the average for for Simpsons episodes? Eight. Yeah. Eight, okay. Yeah. Um with you For know, the first 9 years or whatever, yeah. Yeah, yeah, but even in later seasons I don't think they would have ever got as low as a 6. It'd be very very rare for them to dip down that low. I just forgot how Boring it was. This is why I was so angry last week. But <laughs> I, and I, I agreed with you. But as people vented on Twitter, they said we need continuity. That was the only Fuck reason. continuity. <laughs> Christopher Nolan has proven that you don't need continuity. But I'm excited because I feel like this is going to be not so much a review of the episode, but more of a Mitch and Dado happy hour. Well, that's we got- pretty much all it's going to be. This is like the biggest mailbag edition that I've ever done in an episode. We've got yeah. emails, we've got Facebook messages, we've got tweets coming out our ass, and we've got but now. Yes. That ties in well with, unless you didn't mention this, Seinfeld's bit. We both went and saw Seinfeld this he week, did. stand yeah. up. Did yeah. he mention that? He did. So I saw Seinfeld on Sunday night, yeah, the opening night. You saw him last night. Tuesday. Night. Yeah. Yep. Um, from what I understand, 
roughly 30% crossover in material, or maybe 60% crossover, but he did a lot of new material and changing material from each night because he's been honing this stand-up act for the last 15 years or so. So he's done a lot of this in other shows before. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like the way American comedy works versus Australian comedy. In Australia, it because it's such a smaller market, most comedians, and England's the same, England, UK and Europe, most comedians will do a new hour every year. That's kind of the standard. And then they tour that show, like they'll tour it for a few months and then they go to the clubs and they work their next hour and then they tour that around properly again. And then in between, they'll do little bits and pieces where they might have corporate gigs and that's where they do their tried and true material. Whereas in America, being in America, first you get the jokes. In America (laughs) being such a large country, you can tour the same hour of material for years. You don't even need to tour. You can just go to Vegas with an hour and probably get five or six years out of doing that same show and you know, more tourists, more turnover. People aren't seeing the same material over and over again. So you can get away with it and always kind of play. Yep. It always plays fresh to a crowd. And that is where Jerry's kind of whole philosophy on comedy changes as well. Louis C.K. is an exception to the rule in America. He will come up with a new hour quite frequently. Um, someone like Eddie Murphy was capable of doing that. But with Jerry, he is... Amy Schumer just watches other people. <laughs> <laughs> Amy Schumer comes up with a new hour of comedy every time she watch some, watches someone do an hour of comedy. <laughs> um, but Jerry, to Jerry, he wants perfection. So he will strive and slave over a joke for years and years and years. And it might be as simple as just... I think I remember him talking about... Um, the first time I saw Pop-Tarts, my, the back of my head blew right Oh, off. how funny was that bit? Now, he, for maybe two months, told that joke as... The first time I saw Pop-Tarts, the back of my head blew off. And then was working. It's like, something's missing. And then it was as simple as putting right in there. that The black the back of my head blew right off. Yeah. That it gave him that extra emphasis that he needed for the joke to lift. So, that's like he, to the word and to the syllable, will craft and craft and craft until he feels like he's got what is perfect. Bringing that back to this episode of The Simpsons. Well, yes. During the commentary, can't remember exactly who it was. Maybe David Merkin. Because they were discussing the writing process and how a joke... It's funny the first 29 times, but if it's not funny the 30th time, they'll cut it out. Okay. And he said that always bothered him that during the writing process, a lot of the jokes that he thought were hilarious were getting taken out because by the time it got to the, t- the episode being aired, it wasn't funny anymore to them. Yeah, right. It is interesting. And it's, I guess it's, it can be a difficult thing having written some stuff like stage stuff in the past where, or even just when you're acting something, when you're with a stage play because you rehearse it so much something that starts hilarious exactly by the time you get out there you've done it so many times that a bit of crap a doubt does creep into your mind you're like shit i hope this is funny i think i remember it being funny but it was so long ago who knows yeah thing about the old simpsons though is no matter how many times we watch it they're always funny mm. well that's because they were still just, funny they're, after they're, the 30th time yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly right merkin if, has no idea what he's talking exactly, about exactly if merkin had got his way would have stopped watching after it's, 29 yes, years yeah that's it yeah yeah so let's discuss seinfeld we both went to it. What mm-hmm. did you think of the show? I went into it, honestly. My mentality was, love his show. Mm. He was hilarious in the 90s. I've never really seen much of his stand-up. So, to mm. me, it was all fresh. You've obviously okay. seen some of it before. I didn't know how it was going to be. Blew me away. Yeah. So, And it's just the fact, like you said, he's so energetic. Falling over for gags. Just really emphasizing everything. He was just on his A-game. Yeah. Energetic vocally, if not physically. Yeah. Like, you know, he kind of walks a little he, bit. He's he got the big, up and down big gyrations yeah. and that sort of stuff. But it's not like Not Robin watching, Williams' enthusiasm. Yeah, not Robin Williams, not Ross Noble or anything like no, no, that. No. But 
vocally, he's up here for the entirety of the show for 90 minutes from the start to the end in Melbourne, Australia. Yeah. Like that's I like that he said Melbourne as well, not Melbourne. Yeah. Um, that was kind of cool, actually. Although he did then, I think well, what, there were a couple bits and pieces where he was referring to American terms, but yeah, um, and it didn't quite. But his act is so universal; like it, he doesn't talk about anything sp- like specifically American. He made jokes about taking a shit. He got old Richard Pryor on us, and it was hilarious. <laughs> what joke did he make about? Didn't taking he end a shit? the old bit with taking a shit and how the toilet cubicles aren't made right? Oh, the, the, the cubicles down to the floor, the doors down to the floor. Yeah. yeah, which is a little bit referenced from the show itself when Jerry and George are talking about. Yes. Yep. Um, you know, hey, like you know, what do you think about this? It's like, hmm. Door goes all the way to the floor. Extra privacy. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> um, no. Okay. So, what did I think of the show as a whole? I ha- so I'll preface this by saying I've seen Jerry and had the CD of I'm Telling You for the Last Time. Now, to give a quick comedy history and lesson, what happened with I'm Telling You for the Last Time is he got to the end of doing his Seinfeld run. He'd obviously had those bits of Seinfeld in syndication at the beginning, middle, and sometimes or sometimes middle end of the episodes, been floating around. So a lot of people had seen all of those jokes. And he felt like if he was going to go back into stand-up, he needed to throw it all away and start an act again from scratch. Can, can I just interrupt? Sorry. Please. Are you aware, did... Because I don't know, I'm asking you. Mm. Those bits that were interjected throughout the episodes, him doing stand-up. Yep. Did he just record a whole heap of them in one go at the start yeah, of the season? Did. Yep, okay. Yeah, so he'd jump on stage for half an hour, 45 minutes. And then use it the whole bits. season. Yep, okay. Yeah. Continue. There's some really good outtakes of that actually on the DVDs. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes where he'd just completely screw up or he'd fumble lines and that sort of stuff and then play back and forth with the audience. Okay. It was very funny. But So he threw all of that away. Now, for again, for a comedian that's worked so hard and worked so long for jokes, to let go of that is huge. So he did one big show called I'm Telling You for the Last Time, which was like his goodbye to all of these Is that jokes. the one that came to Australia? In 2000 or... No. Oh, so it's been no. Seven, yeah, 19 years, so 98 was on the last time he came Yeah, here. Yeah, so he came at sort of the height of the show. This would no, have the, been... The show would have finished just... In, the show finished in 98. You're right. But anyway, it was slightly after that. Yeah, yeah. I'm telling you for that time. time. Yeah. Anyway, um, so it was cool to see fresh jokes. Like after having only... My only source material for him had been jokes that I'd seen over and over and over again. And occasionally you do a Letterman spot and then you do four or five minutes of new stuff sort of from the mid-2000s onwards. And it was always great. But to see him do 90 minutes where there were two sentences that I had heard him say before and everything really? else was brand new. Like that was like him phenomenal. Him in his 60s and that kind of thing. That, that's, that's the no, fresh stuff. Yeah, like everything. The only two, he did, uh, he talked about infomercials and, you know, I don't think I oh, cut pants. through a shoe with any of my knives. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. the pants bit was new. Okay. But the cutting through a shoe with knives. Yep. And he did a line about babies being here to replace us. That was his oh, yeah. his return gig to Letterman. He did that same joke. So that stood out in my mind pretty clearly. But everything else brand new. I loved that, even though I love comedians like Daniel Kitson and Stuart Lee, like, alternative comedians and comedians that craft its art as much as its comedy and they craft these great stories throughout their show. I love the refreshingness. That's not the word, but anyway. I love how refreshing it was. How refreshing, yeah. To just go see someone tell jokes for 90 minutes. And there's no greater meaning to it and there's no purpose behind it other than the fact that it's fucking funny. Mm -hmm. And it was very great to see someone, the absolute master of doing that, do it for 90 minutes. What was your favourite moment during his show? Um, Mine was the ending. I, I thought I was actually crying. At the idea of taking a shit? Uh, his, <laughs> his head like a horse. Yeah, right. Just sort of over the stall. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that was pretty funny. Uh, the, the walking past in the eye, trying yep. to hide yep. through the gap. Yeah. I liked... 
like he he managed to work in enough local references to believe that he had been spending some time in the city. That so, he cared. Yeah, like I liked him having a dig at how many coffee places there were in Melbourne, particularly from someone that drinks a lot of coffee. He's like, yeah. oh, we could go to this coffee shop or we could go to this one or this one's really new or maybe we could go to this one. Yeah. Um, or, I loved the line where he says, when you in your 60s, you just say what you want, you don't care anymore. You don't yeah. have to try and pretend to be nice. Yeah. If and someone asks you, you to go somewhere, you just say no. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then if, the, if someone comes up to the restaurant, they always want to know, how's, how's your yeah. night? I just say, I don't like it I here. I like it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like... Uh, I, so, early he was talking about just getting out and going places. And yeah, yeah. the whole concept of humans aren't happy anywhere. They just have to keep trying to go to the next place. It's like, you're at home, you get up, you go to work, you go out for dinner, you get back, you go home, you go to sleep, you get up, you go for dinner, you repeat that all again, and then you get to the weekend and you can finally sit down and you think, but I'm not doing that, I've been working all week, yeah. I've got to go somewhere. <laughs> he uh, kind of sort of made fun of the audience as well, saying, you wanted to go out, well, this is all it is. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, that whole concept, he did a bit about getting ready to go places and how are you ready is the scariest sentence in a marriage. Yeah, see, I didn't get that bit. Yeah, so that was pretty funny. It was off the back of, did you go out? Actually, you know what my other favourite bit was? Mm-hmm. The buffet. Did you discuss buffets? And how you just go have. into a crate, you just go, like you, you make this concoction of different foods that don't belong oh, on the same plate. Yeah, right. How like yeah, And then you start accosting other people. Yeah, yeah. Like, that <laughs> looks really good. Where'd you get that from? You know where they are. I'll take yours. Yeah, so you, you go, go get, get more. Yeah, good was that? Yeah. <laughs> Where, how were your seats at the show? Oh, terrible. Mine were literally <laughs> in, in Peter viewing. <laughs> yeah, right. I, I was nearly the same. The speakers at the at Rod, at High Sense Arena were so big, it almost blocked my view of him. I, I was. <laughs> Did you find it was echoey? I was it, to use an AFL term, forward pocket. That's basically where I was. I was forward yeah. pocket on the boundary. Line. I, was, I was. Yeah, that's where I was yeah. on the boundary. I was side view. Yeah, <laughs> would have been one hell of a banana to be able to kick a goal from where <laughs> exactly I was. Exactly right. <laughs> uh, who'd you go with? Uh, my good friend Tom Scannell was his oh, yeah, birthday Tom, present. Yep. For he would have been very happy that the Tigers got up as well on it, Sunday. Yeah, he was. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <for sure. laughs> yeah. I just, I just realised. <laughs> oh, you just forgot that they were playing my I team. Just realised. <laughs> just knocking them out of the finals <laughs> contention. Yeah, that was a real good precursor to comedy. Were you at Go the game? Watch, yeah. Oh, Go wow. watch my team play like absolute ass for three hours yeah, and then great, try to it? laugh afterwards. Tip the fucking idiots too. Mm. Mm. You told me to tip them. You said get on the Hawks. Yep. You know who I worked with Tiffin this week? Fucking Geelong. <laughs> we have 10 players. Do you, I was going to say, do you have anyone left? Yeah. <laughs> we got Motlop. Yeah, he'll save the day. <laughs> there was, we're having this, I was, so my wife is a Cats fan. Um, for, for international listeners, Geelong Cats had had um, a pretty high profile and contentious suspension where one of their best players, or one of the best players in the competition wasn't allowed to play. Their captain got injured through the game. They had a, quite a lot up against them and they were playing one of the more inf- informed teams of the competition. But then we're having this conversation of, like you guys are really looking like you look really bad when he's not in the team. She's like, oh, but we had injuries. Like she's like S- Steve Motlop and Daniel Menzel were out. I'm like Steve Motlop and Daniel Menzel aren't making a difference. <laughs> <laughs> haven't made a difference in a decade. <laughs> yeah, we're not in a good way. We're we're off. I'm off the bandwagon. We're done. We're cooked. Just leave Selwood and Cotton Wool for next year. Yeah. Um, I went with our good friend Nick from Seinfeld's Best Bits. Oh, yeah. Nice. Yeah. He would have loved it. Was he wearing the puffy shirt? No, he wasn't. I was very disappointed okay. in, in Nick. Well, I did and see... And he listens to the show. So, Nick, I'm very disappointed in I you. saw someone wearing a George... Like a, a George T-shirt. Like just... It was um like sort of the hand model. One of the hand model photos of yep. George. I was like, isn't that a little bit like wearing an Art, Gunf- Art Garfunkel T-shirt to a Paul Simon concert? Yeah, like, yeah. What the hell? Yeah, like, don't, don't go rub that in his face. <laughs> I did see a lot of people wearing jeans and sneakers. Jeans and sneakers. Yeah. Yeah. I was nice. very impressed with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Speaking of Seinfeld's best bits, should we mention our trivia nights? Officially. We prob- probably should. Yes. So, 
If you like going Seinfeld. ahead, if you like Seinfeld and you like Simpsons, these trivia nights are actually happening. This and is if you like us, because we'll be there and you know hosting, co-hosting stuff. the event with our yeah. friend Nick from you, Seinfeld's Best Bits. You'll be in the background, I assume. No, no. Oh. You're gonna want. You're gonna fight me for mic time on the stage. Yeah, we're gonna do it together. Okay, fine. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's November 2nd at the Spotted Mallard in Melbourne. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lovely venue, the Spotted Mallard. Yes, it is. Uh, tickets are available at stickytickets.com. Or the Dotted Duck, if you prefer. No, don't Google that because you <laughs> won't find it. It's the Spotted Mallard in Melbourne. The measled chicken. Possibly. <laughs> <laughs> What's that? something goose? This is some of the high quality banter that you'll get on the <laughs> night. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, stickytickets.com.au, you'll find it. It's called... Worlds Are Colliding. Worlds Are Colliding. It's going to be a great night, isn't it? It is going to be a great night. We've been to the Seinfeld Best Bits trivia in the past Good and fun, they yeah. put on a really great show and we're very, very excited to be able to add to that. And uh, I, I think this is going to be one of the premier trivia nights that you've ever been to. Yeah, if yeah. you grew up in the 90s, you're going to have a great time. Yes. If, you don't have to be an expert on the show to have fun, which I like. Like, yep. well, there'll be enough games, where, like all good trivia nights. There will be people... That are going to be so, so committed and so nerdy. That Who you, want to win. That, yeah. They'll they're, want to they're win. They're there to win. Yeah. And that's fine. Let them win. But there will be eating games and sing-alongs and all sorts of other stuff for other people to be involved And some in. kick-ass prizes too. Yeah. So for the Seinfeld side of things, Seasons 1 to 9 on DVD. For the Simpsons side of things, Simpsons Season 1 to 9 on DVD. Excellent. And yes. a night with you. Yes. Yeah. Just me? Yeah, for the first one. <laughs> you can come along. Just as a trial. Just we want to see what you sort can choose. of... You can choose. Mitch or Dando? Oh, God, that's going to be good for one of our egos. <laughs> <laughs> Not good for our marriages, though. Well, one of our marriages. <laughs> so, <laughs> Come on, honey. It'll just be till we finish the tour of Sweden. <laughs> so, do you want to kick into this epic mailbag that we've got? Well, we're going to... So, we're finished discussing the episode? I was... What Did if... you want to get into it at all? Well, okay. So, I'll, I'll do the air what, date let's, stuff. Let's cap off... Yeah, air date trivia uh, uh, like the chalkboard gag the usual stuff that like the stuff that you do off the top where I'm not listening so we got the original air date September 25th 1994 chalkboard gag I will not use a brief with a full stop obviously doesn't finish the word and the couch gag is my favourite couch gag of all time oh, really? Monty, Monty Python foot oh yeah right yep yep always you? I was doing the sound effect oh yeah. I was like did my headphones just explode <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what just happened there. that's why you should always keep your eyes on me when we're recording <laughs> couple, I've got a couple of trivia questions but, okay. Well, we've got Pennywise was one of them. The other one is how many flashbacks do they actually use in the episode? Thirteen. Eighteen. Ooh. No one near it. No one near it. Oh, <laughs> closer. Closer. I yeah. had a teen. Yeah. <laughs> you got any trivia? Well, you didn't watch it. Trying to think of something. That's probably, to be fair, if you're confusing eighteen for thirteen, that's the best way to do it. Like, there are many more illegal ways that you oh, can yes. confuse yeah, it, yeah. <laughs> confuse those two numbers. So, um, I've done that in the easiest way. No, um, please hit me with your trivia. I, that I, is a trivia. That's it. Oh, that was it. Yeah, okay. yeah. I only had a couple of questions. Okay, good. Um, um, I got like 10 minutes into it and I was like, I'm not going to be asking. There's not much trivia here because it's all just rehash. Yeah. What is the... How many clip shows did The Simpsons ever do? Ever do? Mm. Do you know the ones from like season 20 plus oh, though? I only know three of them. <laughs> that's more, that's more so. than that. <laughs> I know of at least four. There's a Forrest okay. Gump one as well. Did they do a Forrest Gump one? No, Homer pretends to be Forrest Gump telling stories. Oh, okay. Not pretends to be, but he, that's what it is. It's a parody yeah, of... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. When did they do that? Season, it feels like that would have been way... Season way, 15? Yeah, right. So, way season after 14. the movie. I feel like Forrest Gump was a movie that was huge for a while, and then, unfairly, in my opinion, a lot of people kind of shit on it, because it, it won Best Picture, but so many people were like... Shit Shawsh- on it? Really? A lot Forrest of Gump. A lot of people, uh, I think they're angry at the fact that Shawshank Redemption or Pulp Fiction didn't win Best Picture that year. 
They can't Forrest, feel. Gump's a, Forrest Gump deserved it. More than it, Pulp Fiction. Look, in my opinion, yeah, I fucking yeah. love Forrest Gump, but a lot of people don't. And a lot of... It's more... I, I really feel like it's a lot of people l- absolutely adore those other two movies more than Forrest Gump, so they kind of get disproportionately films, yeah. angry. They've got hardcore fans, haven't they? I don't know that there are many hardcore fans of Shawshank. I, I mean, Pulp Fiction, sorry. Pulp Fiction, yeah, yeah. yes. Yeah. Um, uh, this one aired in 2002, mm. and it is from the 13th season called Gump Roast. Okay. Roast? Because it's a roast on Homer's... So, oh, like rump roast. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm with you. Yep. Yes, because I think Homer's on the way to his own roast. So, okay. he's waiting for the bus. So, he's sitting at the th- yeah. at the bench. Yeah. I think in general, clip shows are... of a, There was a time where clip shows were a good thing. And that, that was that time was mostly before video. Yeah, yeah. Where, I mean, even the video that you could get, it's not like video on, a TV series on video was a p- common thing because you could only fit maybe two or three episodes into a tape. Mm-hmm. But like particularly early quality videotapes. Four max. Ma- four yeah. max. So, I mean, if you were going to get an entire box set, you'd take up an entire wall with 10 seasons worth of TV shows. So I'm not you sure would whether off- it was like they could only fit that, but they chose to do that commercially. No, for the most part, two to three hours for a tape was as far as you could get. Oh, because, yeah, I recorded on long play and, and yeah, stuff. Until yeah, until long play came out, but that was... But like you, a- you wouldn't buy a commercial tape in long play. They wouldn't do it because it drops the quality. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, like two to three hours max. Yeah. Um, and then, like, I swear I remember having some tapes that were almost like having two cassettes. Remember we like used to get like would, the, the five-hour tapes? They'd be, you're like, this is fucking boss. Oh, yeah. On long yeah. play, 10 hours of fucking content. Cricket, here we go. Here we go. Yeah. Baseball games. <laughs> World Cup. Thank yeah. You. I was just going to say, by the way, you must have seen this because this is the one that ends with the, you'll never stop the Simpsons. Have no fears. We've got stories for years. No, I never saw that. Wow, really? Yeah. Okay. Um, which is why whenever people talk about that song, I, I, I get a blank look over my face. I'm like, I have no idea what you're so talking So, for the about. listeners, every, when, after we get to like season 10, all the episodes, fresh to Mitch. Yeah. I'll be talking. Which I think will be interesting. Or I'll be doing my own thing. <laughs> be, you could review the episode as I read the paper. Why? Well, you know. No, dude, I, the, dude, the show is great up until season 14. No, it's not. It's great up until season 8. And then it's quite good. But then it's but quite it's, good with occasional great Great episodes, yeah. But mostly quite good. And then it gradually declines to be good. And what we, I interrupted you. What were you going to say? Anyway. Clip shows. Oh, the, the blank the, show, yeah, the, yeah. What you would get would be the VHS collections where they go the crime, you know. Crime and punishment. Crime and punishment type yeah, thing yeah. where Murder they just choose a few things. So, the clip shows used to provide you with a way to be able to see bits and pieces that you wouldn't see before. And particularly before the show had got to syndication or like before you had seen episodes time and time and time and time again, then it was handy as a way to be able to catch up. Um, and common, I remember Seinfeld did a clip show right before they ended in the late 90s. It was that just was the a- first major sitcom to ever do that, and so many other sitcoms followed it. Mm. Friends did it, uh, Raymond did it. Yeah, they ended just before with the clip show. Yeah. If you're telling me that Raymond tried to copy Seinfeld, I won't hear it. <laughs> <laughs> um, and they, I love that in the clip show for the Seinfeld one where they play the Superman theme. It's about halfway mm. through the clips. Yeah. Um, it's... Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> it was pretty great. <laughs> but I like that there was no pretenses on on that particular clip show. Jerry said he's a little high and then he walks out of oh, the apartment. Yeah. And then it's just title cards. Yeah. Like on relationships. And then they... Anyway. Um, but yeah, like in this day and age, the idea of watching a clip show is ridiculous because you've got everything on DVD and YouTube. It's so much easier to watch clips of things these yeah. days. I was... When I was like... 18 going to do my own clip show of various movies. I had 90 odd minutes worth of some of my favorite scenes in movies written out that I wanted to rip onto my laptop really? and yeah. then burn into a thing, but it just that never quite eventuated. Yep. I would yep. love to find that list actually. I know that there was a lot of Full Metal Jacket on there. 
It's funny you bring that up because it actually makes a lot of sense. No shows these days would make clip shows, would they? No. Because no, no one would sit through no them. Point. What's that noise? Huh? Did you just have a weird thing happen with your throat? Didn't feel it. Even if this doesn't go to air, when you listen back to this in the edit, you're going to hear like a little no, alien I'll leave it sound. in because I didn't hear it. Yeah, okay. My headphones mustn't be loud. Enough. I had something through my ears that was very bizarre. <laughs> I'm looking forward to hearing it. I can't hear it. <laughs> anyway, um, what we're discussing. Yeah, so clip shows. They just wouldn't hmm. do it because why would you sit through and watch one? Yeah, yeah, like because as I said, you just watch your favorite. When we were stuff. kids, you had to watch what was on television. You had no mm. other option. Yeah, <laughs> you had to watch what was on television, or you didn't get your dessert. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Sit down and watch the TV, young Parenthood man. Parenthood one hundred and one. Put that book Parenthood. down. <laughs> this is like Matilda. <laughs> Why would you read a book when you can just flick on the tube? Exactly, <laughs> Mr. Devito. What a man. So, all right, mailbag, mailbag. What did you learn from the episode, by the way? <laughs> a clip show shouldn't exist. Um, that the Simpsons are bad at love. Not always. Not always, but most of the time. Um, all right. Well, before the mailbag, I'm going to start on the Twitter because I had fun on the Twitter. The Twitter. Yeah, that's what I call it. The Twitter. The, the tweet At machine. Four Finger Pod. If you haven't followed us yet, please do so. Mitch will get back to you. Mitch you, will. You post. I'm very impressed of how often you post now on Twitter. I've gotten a little bit the, better the, at it. The Twitter's been going crazy lately. It's great. Every time I go on my phone now, there's new new notifications. It's <laughs> that's awesome. because I tweeted five times in five minutes and then I, like each of those tweets got two likes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it's <laughs> notification. a lot of notifications. I base their popularity on notifications. <laughs> that's all that matters. At Four Finger Pod, please follow us. Please. I invented a new game uh, or a new hashtag that I would love people to jump on and this is one I want to kick the mailbag off with. Did you really invent this? Well, I've never seen it before and I thought of it on my own. Okay, you invented it. So maybe someone else has done it, but in I still- In this bubble in which we live, I still. Invented it in my own mind. It's improve a movie with a typo. I saw this. Hashtag improve a movie what with a typo. What was your... The, the feast one, was it not? Uh, well, there were a few, so I'll go through. We had a dog's porpoise. What, what, so, you didn't write one to, to begin with, though? Didn't you part of your original... Yeah, I wrote three or four, but the feast was the last one. Oh, okay. So, sorry, the one, sorry, the one that kicked it all off. I was walking through a store and I walked past a dog's... Per- a, a Dog's Purpose, the movie yep. that came out recently, and thought of a dog's porpoise, a golden retriever and his pet dolphin save a cove from evil fishermen. I would watch the shit yeah, out so of that. So, so you've it's got like a, a free Willy style movie. You've got to slightly change a title, as in a typo, and then you've got to give me the pitch of what the movie is. Yep. The Kong's speech. Jeffrey Rush gives King Kong acting lessons prior to his debut on Broadway. <laughs> as long as Forrest Whitaker is in there somewhere. Yeah. Yeah, he could be in there. He'd be a stagehand. <laughs> Dunk Kirk. William Shatner leads a ragtag bunch of basketballers on a charge to the playoffs. That'd be cool. Yeah. Uh, ragtag. Oh, that ragtag. Yeah. Bunch of misfits. <laughs> <Or> bagged, uh, yeah. <laughs> Always misfits. At Brian CRD, one floor over the cuckoo's nest. It was a perfect place for the cuckoos to raise their younglings, except for one glaring problem. Starring, <laughs> I don't know, who would that star? Who could play? Starring Ray Romano as the cuckoo. <laughs> um, why not? <laughs> Beauty in the Feast. Rick Moranis. Was it another one of mine? Beauty in the Feast. One man's attempt to stay dignified in the face of an overwhelming buffet, starring Rob Lowe. That's, that, that sounds like a Simpsons title. Beauty in the Feast. It does a little bit. And then someone else replied. Uh, who replied to that one? Um, It'd be like Marge and Homer in, in an eating contest or something. Uh, at Harrison R. Fox. Beauty in the Yeast. Gross. Go say something else. Um, at Ned Zeppelin. Thorn, the Norse god of roses, gets banished to a world without flowers. <laughs> and then off the back of That's awesome. Off the back of uh, uh, at Chris underscore D underscore thirty one Jurassic Park, a theme park where giant pigs are brought to life through gen- genetic cloning techniques. Uh, where have we heard that one before? At Four Finger Pod, the Ghoulies man gets hit by football. The ghoulies. I did see that one. <laughs> that That's one's great. great. Yeah, that is great. Ghoulies is an underused word. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> right in the goalies. And finally, from myself, Planet of the Capes. I would. This one I actually intrigues me, and in if not as a movie, it needs to be a graphic novel. What about a musical? No. Uh, stop the Planet of the Capes. Planet of the Capes, set on Mars 300 years after all superheroes were banished, now humans need to evacuate Earth. So, imagine this. You've got Batman, Superman, Flash, all superheroes ever in existence. Banished go- from Earth. Banished from Earth. So, everyone gets together and goes, you guys are untrustworthy, you're superpowered, you're fucking our shit up, get off Earth. And they get sent off to Mars. Yep, yep, yep. They create their own society on Mars. So, this is- so that happens now, 300 years in the future. We've got like this insanely you know like they've all been they've interbreeding and that sort of stuff so we've got this insane race of superheroes living on mars the earth's uh environment crumbles humans need to leave and now they have to go to mars they have to come crawling back to the superheroes and become subservient to the superheroes would the superheroes that were always well well would the superheroes that were always about saving us would their 300 year later descendants still be so noble or would we be forced to be like working underground like Eloys and shit from like this has got legs are they but would they be descendants or would they still be the superheroes superheroes some of them live forever well, the ones that live forever, they might be like the Grand Poobah superheroes. <laughs> the Grand Poobahs. <laughs> I love that word. Yeah. Poobah. <laughs> but there's still going to be a hell of a lot of younger superheroes. They, there could be an uprising. They don't want human, like puny human coming to Mars. Peter Parker. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, anyway. I like it. Tweet us. Yes. Tweet us and tell, us how, you would, pod. tell us how you would improve a movie with a typo. Um, now, we've also got a number of suggestions. Uh, this is going to be some rapid-fire mailbag. These are people that... So, tonight <laughs> we record another clip show. Ergo, we need a lot of extra content. Bumper yeah. mailbag, hit us up with suggestions. Okay. Uh, at Harvel1968, you guys seem to do a good enough job every episode of going off on random topics. I read this. For the majority. Doubt you'll have a problem. Couldn't yeah, tell if that was complimentary a, or is not. Is he being a smartass or not? I don't know. It's like, you normally shit. So, just keep doing what you usually do. I tell you what, who's, who liked the reply? <laughs> Banned. No, they liked my reply. What did, did you write, Pot? I just said reply? usually they're at least a little bit prompted by the episode. Yeah, maybe that... I, I feel like our listeners don't go out of their way to be smart to us. Not often. No. No. Um, at Harrison R. Fox, if there were another movie, what would you like the plot to be? I'm going to start by saying Harrison Fox is like our number one Twitter guy. Mm. He tweets everything to us. Yeah. Love him. So anyway, thank you, Harrison. Well, if there was another movie, what would you like the plot to be? Another movie? Oh, oh The Simpsons. Yeah, another Simpsons. <laughs> no, just in general. I'm just thinking... Yeah. <laughs> if humanity somehow found the technology <laughs> to make another movie... There was an episode of The Simpsons that... And in season 24, that was originally going to be the next movie. Mm-hmm. And as the Simpsons go to Kang and Kodo's home planet, I'm glad that wasn't a movie. Yeah, that would have been great. It sounds like a straight-to-TV film, doesn't it? Mm. It doesn't... Yeah. Uh, what would this... I would love if they brought back Hank Scorpio for the next mm-hmm. film. But how would you use I him? I don't know would, that would, they need to. Would he, yeah. Leave him as he is. But if you brought him back, though, would you have him the way he originally was? Or would you make him a good guy now? It's kind no, of like, kind of like no, bot- no, 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 no. It's got to be the same. No, you cannot do that. Yeah. Because then people will be fucking outraged. No, no, they? not even about the outrage. Part of the character's comedy is his edge. And it's the fact that he... It's the juxtaposition between being an evil dictator and being a great yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, if he came back and he was a great guy and also not a criminal anymore, then he loses whatever interest you had in him before. He it, just it, becomes a guy. He's a great guy, though. He's a, he's a great guy to the people he, who he needs. Yeah, but you don't see him be evil to anyone... He blows up a fucking bridge. Yeah, maybe the fellow over on the side. <laughs> he, but he kills Mr. Bond. He's a great guy to everyone in person. 
He kills Mr. Bond. Does he kill Mr. Bond? Oh, yes, he does. He orders his death. <laughs> <laughs> Still a great guy. Still a great guy for those that work for him. People he needs. My point proven. Yeah. Okay. I'll go with you. <laughs> but the point is, great guy. If you met him in the street, I reckon he would shake your hand and be great. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. If Sweet, you would, smooth talker. If you were a random target on a radar map, then yeah, no, probably not so good for you. No, yeah. <laughs> but if you're, in, in, if you're the, in France, fucked. In the street, old lady crossing the street, he's going to pick her up, take her over there, give 100%. her a shoulder ride. Yes, yep, yep, yep. Say goodbye to her shoes. <laughs> um, okay, so I, if I was going to have a plot for the new Simpsons movie, I feel Off the top of our heads. Like, where are movies? Come back going to Australia. Um, no. No, no, it's got to be something new. So movies, yeah, movies, uh, we're all right now. Movies are kind of being fed by. There's like this dark edge to movies about the whole kind of cynicism of the world. But I would like The Simpsons to go against that, rail against it, kind of be a beacon of light and hope. I don't want to see another Homer tries to or Homer ends up accidentally ruins everything. Yeah. I don't want to see. Yeah, that. neither do I. I was annoyed that they use that for the movie. Just so cliche for The Simpsons. I would like to see something along the lines of. I'd be more than... No, I don't necessarily... Hmm. So many thought processes going on. I... Mm, no. Yeah, yeah. Well, maybe. No, nah, this has got to be a movie that's set mm, 10 years in the future even. 10 years with... Like, and the, the Simpsons the characters, characters have aged. characters 10 years older and have aged because I don't want Bart to just be a 10-year-old that has no real purpose. But they, unless, they, can, they, they can only write Bart well now when he's older. As unless, a kid now, they can't write him well. Unless the movie is largely about Homer and Bart's relationship with each other, and you kind of but get... But the last one was. I think yeah, this one needs to be about Lisa was. and Homer. Does it even have to be about the family? That's the thing. Why does the Simpson family have to be the core of the movie? Well, kind of in it. They're in it, yes, but... Does Indiana Jones even need to be about Indiana Jones? <laughs> but if you're going to the movie, the Simpsons movie... Actually, we've Crystal seen, Skull wasn't, so yeah. We've seen um, a movie about the Simpsons. Mm. They can still be in it. But have it more about the, the town. There wasn't enough of the town in the movie. It was more about the family struggle. I think they were too busy trying to pay lip service to everyone. Have but everyone no, in there, yeah. I still think it needs to be largely about them. If you went to see a mm. Simpsons movie and the Simpsons weren't the main focus of that movie, then that's going to be pretty disappointing. You, you're going to feel... More, mo- more often than not, people would feel let down at the end of that. Depends. Yeah, okay. It depends how it's handled, in my opinion. Okay, so here's what's going to happen. I would like to see Rocky and Bullwinkle style where Simpsons but animated against a real life backdrop. So mm-hmm. even though Blinky that Bill kind did it, of the Blinky Bill movie. That kind of goes against Blinky Bill did do it. It kind of goes against the um the, the, the realism the of the Simpsons in that more often like the Simpsons are so grounded in reality and Rocky and Bullwinkle wasn't, so it made it made more sense for Fearless Leader to be able to find his way out of the TV and and then pull Rocky and Bullwinkle out and all that sort of stuff. So the Simpsons well. go to like New York or something. Yeah, that'd be kind of cool. Like I would, it like, would be very cool. Or just I would love to see just any like way that. to see to like set the Simpsons in a reality, not a kind of reality. So they could in a, in a movie in particular, they could more directly comment on what was going on in in current day to day life. The only time we ever got that was Trios of Horrors six. Yes. Um, now, as for what the storyline is because we need more than just are we going to pull them out into reality yeah what's the re- are they pulled out from their real world into the like from their world into the real world during the movie or is it just them in the real world like how do they get to our world i would like to see an entourage style simpsons movie okay where set it in hollywood 
have the Simpsons as real people. As in... Played by real actors. Animated. No, animated. animated yeah, yeah. But interacting with Tom Cruise. Like the Muppets. Had their puppets. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, exactly right. But still talking to people. So, Tom Hanks walking down the street and like, you know, hey, Homer, hey, Tom. Like, just like he's just another they're, person. They're, just they're not cartoons. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then as for, oh, I don't know, things happen and then they make people laugh. There's your movie. That P- would be cool. Pitching movies is easy. <laughs> that would be cool. Would, you, would they go to New York? Where would, they, where would you take them? You could take them. So, the thing is you can't take them everywhere because it'd be fucking costly. LA is so ripe for... Parody and the Simpsons up. go to the Simpsons studios, <laughs> <laughs> but like L- LA is a place that's just got such a naturally sunny disposition that it's easy. Nothing really awful has happened in LA, so it's easy to really rip shit on LA because no one ever feels too bad about it afterwards. So, would the Simpsons family would would they create a real life Springfield and have the cartoon characters there, or would they? be in the cartoon world and then when they leave Springfield it becomes a real world. Kind of like Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Like, they have to go to set to record their stuff but they're still mixing with real people. But, th- like, their house, would it be an actual house in this film or would it be drawn? Well, their house isn't their house. That's just where they go to work. Yeah. Their house is a set. So, no, they would live in a mansion somewhere. So, when they walk at the back door... But you, but you see, like, when you watch... So, so, it's not canon then? You know no, what I mean? No, of course it's of not, course canon. not canon. I'll bring yeah. them in real life. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Yeah, it's sort of like a Looney Tunes kind of movie, isn't kind it? Kind of, yeah, yeah, like Looney Tunes, Space Jam, when but, they but come in, into real world. But they say in they, 3D they, land. They acknowledge them as cartoons, though. You're cartoons. Uh, Space Jam does. No, I, well, in Space Jam, they do. Um, what about Back in Action? See, I never saw that one with Brendan Fraser. Do they acknowledge them as being cartoon characters? I never saw Back in Action no, either. But no, I, I don't want them acknowledged as cartoon characters. Be- Not the Simpsons. No, no, no. 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 no, I just want them like they're just they're animated, but treated as real people. So you can get a lot of interacting with real life celebrities. And when I say like entourage, I mean like you get a lot of people playing themselves or playing versions of themselves. Uh, like you know, I don't know, Homer gets into a fight with Liam Neeson, something along those lines. Yeah. I don't know why. Um, it's just celebrity cameos, pretty no, much. Yeah, just just we, reasons to have stars on on the screen. Yeah. It'd be a kind of empty movie. Finally but, get Tom Cruise look, on The Simpsons as off well. Off the top of my head, starting a brainstorm, that's the best that I'm going to come up with. What's better than having Cruise voice a character? Having Homer talking to the actual Tom Cruise. Having Homer talk to the actual yeah. Tom Cruise? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. There's, there's one question down. <laughs> next one. <laughs> uh, also from Harrison, where would you like The Simpsons to visit next? Let's say this is in show. Where haven't they visited? That's the question. Because now I'm gonna pro- we're gonna answer this question and probably give an answer that's wrong because we haven't watched a lot North of the Korea. Ones. <laughs> don't <laughs> go there. <laughs> Under the sea, Guam. <laughs> don't want to go there either. Apparently, under the sea. Under the sea. Well, they kind of did it in a clip. Yeah, but they they never they didn't really go there though. I suppose Homer's been there in the submarine mm. and all that kind of stuff. You know what? I would love to see The Simpsons just do a bunch of movie parodies. Now that I've gone back on oh, that, that was going to be my movie idea. So the whole yeah. movie is just them parodying different movies. Yeah, but I mean, have a series of them. Like, just do because no one does great movie spoofs anymore. But just do Simpsonized versions of movies full length, like a scary movie like, kind of thing, or just the but, like, yeah, like the, that a movie better. condensed to ten minutes. No, or, no, no, or no. Wait, full, a full feature length, length. You, like Family Guy and Star Wars. Yeah, yeah, similar to that. Um, like you could crank out as many movies as you like that way. Let's do. 10,000 Leagues Under the Sea with Captain McAllister as Captain Nemo and Homer as, you know, sort of our intrepid, well, the whole family's like just, you know, on board the, I forget the name. This is how they should do Jurassic Park. 
It is how they could do Jurassic Park. All of this sort of stuff. Just yeah. just do 20 movies that are making fun of other movies. Trias of horror stories that aren't horror-based. Hmm. Make a full yeah. of films. Um, as for where I want them to visit next... New Zealand. Af- they've been to Africa. Oh, they've never been to New Zealand. Yeah, true. I would obviously love them to come back to Australia. It's a pretty country. It's a, it's yeah, yeah. Have Homer really disappointed that there's no orcs, that sort of stuff. That'll work. Yeah, and him, Bart learning the hucker. Mm. Yeah, Bart le- Well, I was going to say Bart turning into Gollum over something like maybe there's, um, I don't know, some really delicious candy or something like Just that that he wants to get his hands off. <laughs> yeah. Also from Harrison, what is your favourite secondary character storyline? Who Shot Mr. Burns is iconic. Mm. I've always loved Jasper freezing himself. That is pretty great. Yeah. Moon pie. And, it be- and then it becomes a nudie mark by the end. Mm. Um, I've, I've always, it's always stood out to me, that one. I've always really liked it. I've been... <laughs> not my favourite, but that's one that's off the top of my head. I was always a big fan of, not the whole episode, but there's one line that I just killed me whenever I watched it. It was the episode where Mo gets a... Um, uh, plastic surgery and becomes good looking. Yeah, gets his soap opera show. Then That's a, season like thirteen, dude. Yeah, I know. It's one that I've seen. Okay. Um. Then the set falls on him and he gives it the my face. I'm not supposed to put weight on it. Yeah, yeah. I always loved that. Um. But the idea of Mo finally kind of getting good looking, I th- always thought was a good line. As a, a good silly as line. it is, but it's, yeah. Yeah, it's it's funny. Yeah. I don't know if it's favourite, but it's it's one that springs to mind. Yeah, it's a little they, bit left field. They do a great job of making Mo sympathetic in that episode too mm. when the calendar comes out and they've got all the stickers on his face because yeah. he's just so ugly. Because he's so proud of the fact that he's going to be in the Duff calendar. Yeah. Kent Brockman winning the lottery. I'll throw that in there as well. Yeah. <laughs> that is good. Or just Chester Lambert when he gets all the money. Yeah. Final one from Harrison. Ideal crossovers. Simpsons meet the blank. Full length episode crossovers. Yeah. Well, it'd be interesting to see The Simpsons and The Flintstones. Because mm-hmm. The Simpsons, sort of like an evolution of The Homer Flintstones. Homer uses his time machine toaster to go back in time and meet Fred and Barney. Yeah, it's like an, an evolution of, this, of The Flintstones, what The Simpsons is. Yeah. The uh, Flintstones, to an extent, paved the way for The Simpsons. Just be interesting to see. Would you, but would you set the, the Flintstones in modern time? or We've already seen that over the movies, haven't we? And I know the movies weren't... No, they weren't modern time. Viva Rock Vegas? It was still set back then. It was still set back then, was it? Yeah. Okay. It was just... A Flintstones version of Las Vegas. Okay. Um, Simpsons meet the wild. Can we do that? <laughs> you can't do that. That's too dark. <laughs> um, well, Bob's Burgers. <laughs> or what was the, what was the show? Uh, Melbourne show set in a brothel. Re- um, relaxation. Melbourne show like set in a brothel. Yeah, they, they had what? Uh, there was an Australian show that was set in a well, brothel no, for a while. No, no, you can't do that. Okay. <laughs> I feel like it would be an ideal like um, mayor. Yeah, uh, Mayor Quimby crossover, but anyway. Um, no. All right, so uh, that's been done. That's been done. Let's say... Did they ever do Simpsons and the Jetsons? Well, I was tossing up Flintstones and Jetsons, and I thought, if you're going to go... Yeah, so the Simpsons go back to Flintstones. And, and then the they future, go to the future. With the Flintstones to the Jetsons. Yeah. Yeah. It's like some epic now we're crossover. Yeah. <laughs> and somehow get Scooby-Doo in there. Um, at Tom Batten, nineteen eighty four. When do you think the Simpsons lost their way with ending an episode? They used to be funny and poignant. Now it's just silly. Not always funny and poignant, though. Not always. No. But he thought that what he highlights is the mysterious voyage of Homer ending with who wears short shorts. You're like, get a lot of all them hot pants. Yeah. Which, yeah, like is a complete. After all the after all the journey of that episode has been through, you end with a whole bunch of people wearing hot pants on the beach. Yep. Ridiculous. Yeah, stupid, pointless. Didn't. Maybe that's a joke that fits halfway through the episode, but certainly not at the end. Um, and I honestly struggle to think of a earlier example of one that that really goes off the rails in the last couple of minutes than that. 
Well, Larry Burns one is a parody. Any way you want it, that's the yeah. way. And they highlight yeah. the facts. Where did yeah. all this come from? Yeah. Who cares? It's a party. And that's fine. Yep. So the question is, when do they lose the way? So you think that's yeah. when they lost their way? Yeah. Like, yeah, what's... Well, it's not when they lost their way. It's when it was a one-off. True. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure they probably did it. They were never the same after that they, episode. No, they probably did it again after that. <laughs> I just can't think of examples. Okay, what do you think the best ever ending is? The best ever ending? I... This isn't my favourite. One that comes to my head right now is Marge and Homer riding the bike to Raindrops Keep Rain, Falling on My Head. Raindrops Keep Falling on My Head. From Very Duffles. nice. Yep. I'm a big fan of off-camera, sweet, merciful crap, my car! That's, that's not quite the end, though. No, it's not quite, but it's pretty close. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It would have been a great way for it to have finished. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, that's a pretty good one for me. Yeah, yeah. Because it just... You've got this is such a this great... Beautiful build-up, and then reality strikes. Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck has happened? <laughs> and it's just the shadow. Yeah. <laughs> um, at Thorn underscore 90, what is your favourite technical difficulties card in the show? Like whenever the TV yeah, has a problem. Think Kemp, Kemp Brockman with the cuckoo bird coming out of That's his forehead. That's one, yeah. you got the guy, the cameraman, who looks all goofy. Mm. Well, drunk. Drunk, yeah, yeah, true. Um, the dog holding the cord. Yep, yep. I would say the cameraman for me. Cameraman? Okay. Yep. Um, and, and, and what's your favourite technical difficulties moment? Mine is Trias of Horror 6 when Brockman's getting eaten and he can hear him over the top of it. Yeah, right. I can, getting oh, eaten by his own, by the giant Ken Brockman. By the giant Ken Brockman. Um, oh, I can't think of you, that. You would like when Ken Brockman um, swears, wouldn't you? Or no, when he's like, he gets kicked off. He's, doesn't he say something and they cut to technical difficulties? No, 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 sorry. I'm thinking of when... Um, Sideshow Bob has the nuclear bomb and they're cutting off TV and, yeah, he, and he's okay. saying farewell. Yeah, yeah that's right. not a technical difficulty. No. That's just the TV cutting out. Yeah. I can't think of throw like of the moments off the top of my head where he throws to it. Okay. I'll, I'll be per- yeah, I, no I apologize. I have failed as a host. What about the? It's not technical di- difficulty, but they kept cutting to the goat drinking out of the milk <laughs> bottle. That's it. Can't work under these conditions. <laughs> can't work under these conditions. <laughs> um, at uh, Jesus, at Jesus, uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the show. Yeah, uh, <laughs> at. Aramy Dilokin. Aramy Di- No, I'm sorry. I am I have no idea how to pronounce that. But we do appreciate that you've commented. Yeah, thank you. Uh, since the podcast started a few years ago, I'd be interested to hear whether your favourite episode character or quote has changed. Mine has. Probably- oh, yeah. I've, I've appreciated episodes now that I didn't appreciate before I started doing this show. Yeah, okay. Cool. Um, mine, oh, look, there's within a degree of variance that changes every day, to be honest. Yeah. You can never really have one definitive favorite. Well, my favorite episode will always be 22 short films. Yours, mm. now I can't because it used to be Lisa's Substitute, but what is it now? Oh, well, look, Lisa's Substitute for Emotional Resonance is still my favorite episode. Yeah. What's your f- one that you watch? What's your, if you want to just in, be entertained for 22 minutes? I, honestly, since we started doing this, I haven't put The Simpsons on for that purpose. What did you write in the book, though? We should not tell people. They have to buy the book to find out. I was actually it. thinking of doing a reading for the book at the end of this. Like, I was going to read a little excerpt of the book at the end of the podcast. Why not? Yeah. Would, Just a small Are we text. allowed to? Yeah. Okay. As long as you get the clearance. Yeah, we're fine. <laughs> <laughs> I want to do an audio book. We've had a couple of people ask us. Yeah. It's, well, yeah. That's not up to us entirely. No, but it would be cool. It would be cool, and potentially it's something that can be done. Yeah. But it's... It's one of those things that comes well, after. Are there people out there listening? L- let us know on Twitter or mailbag for fingerdiscount.com.au. Mm. You're not interested in reading a book, but would you be interested in listening to us read the book? Yeah. Would that, is that something you would be interested in buying? Yeah. Right in, because if we get enough people saying we want that, then we can go to the publisher and say they exactly. want that. Yeah. And then they'll go, cool, we'll make yeah. money off More this. sales. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, but it's also not up to us. So no, we'll, no. We, we can push for it by all means, but it's We'd not. love to do it. Yeah. yeah. At Hodson underscore Hornet, if you were in an episode of The Simpsons, what would you like it to be about? I always go back to being podcast hosts and then two people from Springfield start mm. their own podcast and we are like rival podcasts. Yeah, okay. Well, um, cool. I'd like it to be about me. That's as a, as a start. Well, you would. It would be yeah. about you. Yeah. Um, I not so much podcasting and podcasting, but I was thinking we replace well, our podcast becomes more popular than KBBL. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And we we killed or not killed the radio, but we heard it mm. immensely. Podcasting killed the radio star. Something yeah. along those lines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I really like that. Actually, mm. would it end though with us? No, no. Bill and Marty would then start their own podcast. Yeah, we we get into the radio business yeah. and then they start their podcast. Yeah. Yeah. That works. Um, oh, hang on. I hit the wrong. I hit the wrong button. Oh no! Technical difficulties. Disappeared. At Great White Gibster, uh, discuss the possibility that The Simpsons call it a day after season thirty. I think that there is very little chance of that happening because The no. Simpsons is a money-making machine. Fox came out today and said that the end is nowhere near in sight. Hmm. I mean, a more interesting one would be. It'd be interesting to know what would happen if someone were to die. One of the main cast were to die. I'm glad that The Simpsons. I don't. They have done it before, obviously. Mm. But as Maud was Maud, I mean, they retired. Maud, and Maud was ma- uh, main character. That was killing off a character, not the actress. What I mean is, if one of the actors, oh, one of sorry, the main sorry, voice okay. cast, yeah, if yeah, one yeah, of them, sorry. and I don't wish this upon anyone, but no, if one no, of them no. were to die, it would put them in a really difficult moral position of: do we retire the characters the way we have done in the past, or do we get someone else to come in the way? the Muppets do with Kermit every, yeah, yeah. every once in a while. Um, but I think that is the only thing that could even possibly put a dent in the in the future of the show. The show would go on, but it wouldn't feel the same. You're right. Particularly if someone like... So the thing is, someone like Harry passed away. Hmm. I mean, so Harry... Many, so many characters there. Harry's immortal, so that won't happen. But, I mean, if a normal person died, then, um, then yeah. But, like, I... But, no, I, I don't think the show will stop anytime soon. No, I mean, no it will outlive... It just will not. It no. will outlive the Marvel Universe. Yeah. That's... A long time. My luck of the week. <laughs> All right. So that's it for the Twitter of late. Okay. Cool. Now we move into the emails. Yes. Um, this okay. This is somewhat of a mailbag. Oh, this is this is monstrous. Bumper mailbag special. If you do want to send in a question, mailbag at fourfingerdiscount.com.au. Please write your name and where you're writing from as well. Mm. Hi, Mitch and Dando. Just a quick question. With thoughts towards your Patreon podcast on the late, great Robin Williams, what are your mm. thoughts on the remake of Aladdin? With Will Smith as the genie. And Guy Lockstock and Smoking Barrel's Richie uh, as, uh, behind, the, behind the camera. Um said, to me, this seems like the producer's being played out in real life from Joe Shabadoo O'Hara. I could not be more appalled at that idea. They're making a live-action movie. Mm. They're doing it with every Disney film now. That's where we're at now, man. Yeah, we shouldn't be. Lion King's getting remade. Fucking, it's just just what happens I now. Why are they... Like, I... I'd l- like we're saying it worked. I really liked The Jungle Book. The, like, the new version of The Jungle Book. Because they did enough new with it. They kept enough... Similar, they took it in some good directions, and the CGI was fucking outstanding. Were the songs the same or tweaked? Uh, because tweaking the Lion Kicks Lion King songs now that's a different issue. There are many the jungle, bare necessities. the jungle Book. Oh, Bare Necessities. No, Bare Necessities was virtually exactly the same, okay, and good. as sung by Bill Murray. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. Was he the bear? Yeah, he plays Blue. That's fantastic. And he does it really well. That's oh, great. Um, but I was thinking, like, there's not too many songs in the Jungle Book outside of Bare Necessities. Not iconic not ones. Not that I can remember now. Yeah. Um, 
I've actually got the Aladdin soundtrack in my car. And um, the in the trailer, the, like the trailer ended with Mowgli floating on Baloo's belly down the river as Bill Murray was just whistling the outro to yeah. the necessity. So it was very, very cool. But no, um, that was really great. But then one like Beauty and the Beast, I thought was fairly reductive. Like it was kind of, so I mean, I've it was, heard it was good, fine. Good things about that film. It did nothing different to the movie. That's what people that have talked about it liked about it though. It's weird, isn't it? But what's the point? Yeah. Like I, I, it's like doing a... It's just being a cover artist, really. Like, it's it's not... I didn't like it more than I liked the cartoon. I think the majority of people, though, they want to go to this to, re- to relive their childhood. Just and watch went, the movie again. I understand that. But they go to these things, and when they've changed, like, oh, that's not how I remember it. It's like, it shouldn't be. I know I agree, but I think that's how a lot of people think. Yeah. I don't think you can hold Will Smith up to Robin Williams. That's my biggest problem. He's going to have to go back to all Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Yeah, and surely he would, but I don't know. Can he still do that in his mid-40s or 50s but, or however but, the hell old the he is, is now? The thing is, though... Will Smith hasn't been a comedian for a really long time. Yeah, which will either be a real positive or a negative. Mm. But you shouldn't be comparing him to Robin Williams because, as you said, this is a different film. Yeah, but you can't, can't help it either. When I love the thing as much as I do, the only thing... Like, that movie can only exist for two reasons. It either needs to do something different or it needs to do what the original did, but better. Now, it's, well, it's impossible be. for that to happen. So, it needs. To, it's either going to do the same thing, not as well, or it's going to do something different. And if it does something different, it's a big risk. Well, it's gonna I prefer it's going to, to take- have to be different, unless Will Smith just CGI'd to the extreme. And if Will Smith's son in it, then no. He's playing Man. Aladdin. What? No. <laughs> Your face was the best. Holy <laughs> shit. I nearly drove this screwdriver into my own neck. <laughs> Why Mitch is holding a screwdriver? Listeners have no idea. No, I was on the couch and I like to fiddle. Okay, anyway, second email. Hey, guys, it's your boy Steve-O here. I'm bringing a Our choice. Uh, imagine the year is 2000 and you're working for Fox. They come to you and say that the off, off the back of the success of The Simpsons, they want to make a spin-off. But one of only three. One of three choices is given to you. Option number one, a comedic cop show starring Chief Wiggum and the rest of the Springfield police as they attempt to solve cases in Springfield. I have no idea what you just said. Option number one, (laughs) a comedic cop show starring Chief Wiggum and the rest of the police force solving crimes. Bad cops. Yeah. Option two, a more family-based show based around Apu Manjula and the now teenage octoplets. Pass. Option three, a sophisticated comedy based on Sideshow Bob moving away from Springfield to New York in order to reboot his life and get back into television with guest appearances by Cecil. Yes. Yes, that's me. There's only so much you can do with cops. It's just going to be the same old thing. They're dumb Mm. cops. That'd be a great season. Second one couldn't be any more boring. You'd get one brilliant season out of cops. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Maybe two. The third email. Hey, Mitch and Dando, some guy named Nick here. Writing you, uh, writing to us from the disgustingly humid and bland midwestern state of Iowa. Hmm. I work with Rollins from Iowa. Uh, Ray Cancella is from Iowa in Field of Dreams. That's all I know about Iowa. Is this heaven? No, it's Iowa. <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> okay. So, um, kind of cool bit. He was in text conversation with a coworker from a previous job when he was first listening to our podcast. Yep. His wife is from Australia. Um, they would frequently visit her family there, and he seems to know a great deal more about the country than than Steve. Uh, sorry, about our country. Than, yeah, yeah. Than Nick ever will. He told him that he'd been listening to a podcast by two Australian fellas. Told him that from a place called Jalorn or something, spelled J A L A W N. Jalorn. Yeah. <laughs> After he'd phonetically interpreted what I was trying to say, he got quite a kick out of my mistake. 
As much as Nick loves The Simpsons, his true love has always been Futurama. Long and the short of it is he would like to know what is our favourite Futurama episode and why, if we have one. His favourite character, as a side note, has always been Hermes, the outer space potato man. So, I love any episode that centres around him. Tales of interest where they have this, the video games. Yeah. And they're playing Space Invaders. And they're like, drop down, increase speed, reverse direction. Yeah, nice. Do you remember that one? Yeah. That and Roswell and Enswell's classic. Mm. Also, the uh, the one, the Luck of the Fryish. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so my I've got two that I find hard to split. Cause I, to, I think, I mean, I love the pilot. I think it's one of the best pilots of yeah. a show. For, like, it's up there with the best pilots of all time. And I love the episode where they throw back to that moment where if you actually go back and watch it, they fucking plan that from the beginning where yeah, you see like Nibbler's shadow. shadow. Yeah, it, Fuck, it's that's insane. amazing. I love that. Yeah. That's what's great about Futurama is the attention to detail. Yeah. Um, so my favourite two are the wear car where Bender gets bitten by a wear car and becomes a wear car and because it has the... That's bu- actually always one of my, not least favourites, but I was always just like, yeah, I bet I that know. one. I loved the comedy in it. But like, I, I'll, I'll probably the, go back now and really appreciate it. I loved yeah. the binary joke. The um, That's where they go to the mansion and stuff, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. In the Haunted Mansion and they see the 01011101 yes, flash yeah. on the wall. She's like, what does that mean? Ah, oh, it's just gibberish. And then yeah. he sees that in the mirror, freaks out and runs out of the room. Um. And it's got like a, it's got a lot of good um, takes on different werewolf movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the second one that I always really like, no idea what the episode's called off the top of my okay. head, but it's the one where I think it's in order to get a discount on chewing gum, Bender and Fry join the army. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. and end like, up going to fight, fight yeah, the war. Yeah, like, you won't have to go unless war were declared. And then an alarm goes off. What yeah. was that? War were declared. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> yeah. Lilo goes under a disguise and she goes to the war with them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah exactly right. Um, and uh, what's he? Zap Brannigan. Zap Brannigan starts to get a real crush on her. And he, yeah. Yeah. Or him, her. <laughs> yeah. 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 He doesn't like it. Yeah. Or he does like it. I, can't I think quite he's remember. confused by it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the fourth email. Hello, lads. This, ca- this email is coming to you all the way from Rand McNally, Ooh. another contender for most remote location. Hamburgers eat people there, apparently. Yeah. Okay. So, this has got... Um, well, it's being sent in from... Uh, what's his name? Lex. Uh, Alex. Lexington Steel? No, no, no. Alex, somebody or other. No. Um, Simpsons in real life. There was a mayor that uh, where uh, Lex used to live called Rob Ford. He passed away a year ago due to cancer. But before that, uh, he basically re- resembled Mayor Quimby. The guy became a joke to the city. He was involved in a drug dealing scandal and was caught on video smoking crack and still stayed as Wait, mayor. So he's from Geelong? Yeah. <laughs> it became so big that he was featured on Jimmy Kimmel Live and a sketch in Saturday Night Live. He was publicly wow. drunk, drove past an open, uh, drove past open door streetcars, and texted while driving, which is illegal here. And once it's again, illegal in the everywhere, yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, I don't think there's too many places left where you yeah. can do that. Yeah. Maybe like um, Islamabad or something. Maybe they haven't caught up on texting. Um, uh, but, and once again, still stayed mayor. Um, I've got three YouTube accompanying YouTube links, a Wikipedia article, the timeline of Rob Ford video scandal, and the Global Mail has written an article as well. So, um, good on the crack smoking mayor for staying in power for as long as he uh, as long as he clearly did. Yeah. Um, another There's random going for it. another random Simpsons in real life story. When Lex was in high school, he wrote an essay for a law class and used the word "remify" in a sentence, i.e., to remify the situation. She'd combined "remedy" and "rectify." The, the teacher <laughs> highlighted that, um, said, "This isn't word." Uh, at which, uh, like, when they were going over, like, she tried being a law student, tried to mount her case, and, <laughs> and then I will not 
was discussing the paper with her parents and her mum, who she says doesn't watch the show, said that's a perfectly cromulent word. That was a great little moment for her of bonding. Um, It reminded me of a friend of mine making up a word, um, Mano, where I can't remember what it was that we were discussing. But Mano was the word. No, no, that's his his name. But he described something as being herocious, both atrocious and horrific. Reminds me of Ambrosius from Labyrinth. Yeah, okay. What's Ambrosius originally? Ambrosius is the, is the name of the dog. Okay. Yeah, but I mean, is that too... Or are you just saying it sounds like Ambrosius? It just, it just reminded me, I heard the word and I was like, it sounds like Ambrosius. Okay. <laughs> I'm with you. <laughs> Lex has also got uh, a... Well, Lex is a Patreon sub, um, subscriber oh, and you, has got some ideas for what they would like on Patreon. Had a lot of people uh, wanting to get in the book this week. Thanks, guys. Yeah, thank you very much. <laughs> uh, so, this consists... She's she's doing Mission 101. It consists of completing 101 things in 1,001 days. Her goal is to watch all of the 100 movies as listed in AFI's top 100 movies of all time. She would mm-hmm. love it if Mitch... Mitch is me, for the people that still yeah. get confused by our voices. <laughs> uh, it would love it if Mitch did a podcast for this, perhaps um, maybe a special for the Patreon donors, as he always has a fascinating input into movies. That I is th- written down in text. I'm not saying this about myself. No, 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 no. no. Uh, but I think that would actually be a good pod- podcast for us to do, because I probably haven't seen a lot of them. Mm. And it'd be interesting to someone who's watching it for the first time and someone who knows a lot about the film and loves mm. the films. Yeah. We should probably do that. 101 films. What would we call it? We'll think of a name later, but I think it'll be a good pod- podcast. I think it'll be fun. Uh, anyway, so Lex, P.S. I'm a girl who loves The Simpsons and can typically qu- typically quote many fans under the table. P.P.S. My boyfriend is not as big a fan of me, but we will always tell each other before we go- uh, that we are going to bread when going to bed. Yeah. He's a keeper. That actually reminds me of what she said, I am a woman or I'm a girl. Mm. Oh, about uh, Seinfeld last Seinfeld night. Seinfeld and the answering yeah, machines? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, do you want to do the bit or should I? Oh, you do the bit. Okay. So, is that like... It's, it's the 21st century. Why are people still telling me to leave my name and number after the beep? Like, who out there is getting a message saying, this is a woman. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. So great. great. It's, it's nice to hear a refreshingly... A refreshingly fresh? No. Refreshingly new... Refreshing. Refreshingly new take... Got it. ...on the answering machine. Yeah. Number... You, f- yes? I was going to say, do you feel like Seinfeld's bit a little sort of ventured into... Old man whinging territory. It's hard not to do that when you're a 63-year-old comedian. Yeah. Yeah. Almost impossible. Yeah. And plus, Seinfeld was a young man whinging for a long time anyway. The thing is, though, a lot of the stuff he says, I was like, yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Oh, did he do anything about AFL for you? Yeah, the, the umpire. Yeah, the umpire. is like, yeah. it, it, it's a visual gag, but he sort of talks about like, you know, they're punching each other and they're kicking and they're tackling and they get it through and the umpire just very politely goes, hmm. It's like, yeah. uh, it's like is that all you got? Go, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I would yes. love that. Yes. I was like, that, high five to the player. As soon as, he heard, as soon as I heard that, I was like, that will improve our sport. Yes. <laughs> the umpire, <laughs> just little fist pumps. Yeah. I reckon Roden could do it. Yeah, Roden could do it. Yeah. Is he an actual umpire or is he he's just a Legends umpire. game umpire? No, he's probably goal umpire. Okay. <sighs> okay, Pete. Number Pete. five. Hey, Pete. We're halfway through. This is, this is such a climb. Pete. Pete, yep. Yes. Hey, you mentioned Dando. First off, well done on producing such a groin-grabbingly good podcast. Well mm. done on your alliteration, Pete. I'm a baker and often work in the dead of night in a windowless room, so you guys are without hyperbole, or hyperbole, if you will, uh, a light in the darkness. Anyway, uh, Pete's writing in in reference to me talking about meeting Kevin Kevin Smith way back on the Dance at Home Dance Home, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'd explain in the Q&A about a bloke who asked the first question, who was running his own podcast, someone in the yeah. audience shouts, no one cares. Now, Pete says he got slightly more emotional than he should have when no one re- um, when no one responded. And again, when I told the heckler Wait, to go fuck him. himself. 
No, it wasn't him. I don't know. But Pete and his wife are currently running their own small businesses whilst working full-time for massive outlay. They're sort of basically getting their own stuff up and off the ground, Mm -hmm. doing it as hard as you possibly can. Like, it's so daunting to start your own business and do a full-time job and then do a second thing. Like, you, you do 60, 70, 80 hours a week to try and get the shit off the ground. What Pete said is that he found, he thought has found it really inspiring to listen to our early episodes and to listen to us now and see what that journey is like because for him he really relates to being in those early days of just trying to get something off the ground and see that little bit of light at the end of the tunnel. Luck, so, luck plays a factor. You can work your ass off and still mm, not achieve something. Oh, of course. We didn't get to where we are now just because we worked hard. We've been very lucky as well. No, I didn't work hard. You did. <laughs> <laughs> you worked hard too. And I refuse to work hard in the future. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, the next bit. So, Pete goes on to describe how hard he's working. So, this mm-hmm. weekend he worked two... Well, at the time of writing, he'd worked two night shifts on the weekend. His days were doing events for himself for the new business. All up, he's had about seven hours of sleep in the last three days. Ooh. So, he just wanted to thank us both because Get it's been an sleep. inspiration. Now, here's what I love about Pete. At the end, P.S., please, please do not mention my business in your show. I do not want to steal your advertising revenue as in I've got no money to pay for any uh, pay for an ad. My business involves the smoking of meat, which I hear Mitch is getting into. Would love to send you some. I've got a vac packet if you like. Now, So, where's your work? What's your business? Well, this is the thing. I was, there was no way in hell after that that I wasn't going to give Pete a little shout out. So, Pete is in the western of Australia. Again, by the way, in the follow-up email where I asked for info, he said, please don't feel obliged. I'd basically be stealing from you. Pete, it is absolutely my pleasure. The business is called Flitch and Leaven for people that want to know what that means. I heard they have amazing smoked meats. They do have amazing, amazing. smoked meats. Delicious. Flitch is an old English word which basically means a whole unsliced side of bacon and leaven is the process of rising, uh, raising bread dough. What a name. Yeah. His first and last food love is sandwiches. Uh, I'm a baker and was a chef in a previous life. So, cute. Cures his own meat for salami, smokes meat, pickling, preserving, and fermenting of food. So, he wanted to incorporate all of that into the flitch and leaven business. If it's in a sandwich, he made it. Be it the pastrami, the ham, the pork shoulder, the pickles, the bread, the mayo, all of it made properly. No bullshit. <laughs> I'm... <laughs> At the moment, he's doing pop-ups around the, around the place, but hopefully he's finding the money for bricks and mortar in the near future. So, Where, where in WA can people find this? Uh, that's a really good question. Perth, Western Australia, Fremantle from the look of it. So he's just near Fremantle train station. Okay. Yep. Um, so catch a train to Fremantle and you get some smoked meats. According to the Facebook page, putting stuff between bread since always. <laughs> Ooh, that is a nice looking sourdough. So um, for Perth listeners... Please get out there and check out Flitch and Leave and lend a hand to someone that's starting yeah. a new business and going out on their own. Speaking of businesses, I've also uh, been using the Ridge Wallet this week mm-hmm. and I've been really enjoying it. Oh, good. You have made the change. Yes, I have made the change because you you were the first one. You jumped on board straight mm-hmm. away and you loved it. Yep. Early adopters. Also, we gave one away on our Twitter last week. But yeah, yep. if you want to get a awesome Ridge Wallet, go to ridgewallet.com and use the code Wallet Inspector as one word to save 10%. We do have some other good uh, or some, some giveaways to give away in the yes. near future, courtesy of uh, the guys at Typo who had the Simpsons product range, cool. yep. uh, which I think like it's officially over. There is still some stuff that you can find in stores, but we've got a whole bunch of stuff that we're able to give away. Um, I was kind of waiting until it disappeared from stores. So then it had a little element of exclusivity. Just so I could use that word. And we have some Simpsons vinyl figures to give away, courtesy of our sponsors at popculture.com.au, which are awesome. Treehouse of Horror themed. Give aways 
Yes. Galore. There's a reason people listen to the show. It's not for us. It's for the giveaways. It's because we give away sweet, sweet merch. Yes. Number six from Dave M. Who do you think... Well, he's asked for top five, but for the sake of shortening this, who do you think is the smartest character on the show? Keep in mind a balance between intelligence and common sense. So, Professor Frink might be quite intelligent, but has no common sense because he keeps screwing things up. Mm. Sideshow Bob doesn't have much common sense. No... But he's yeah, but he's right up there. Doctor Pryor foiled easily. Doctor Pryor. Doctor Pryor. He doesn't have many flaws, does he? No, no. Mm. That's not a bad one. Um, in his own way, Mister Burns. But I honestly think Hibbert's pretty smart. Hibbert, but I'm going to go with slightly more of left field. Revlin Lovejoy. Is he intelligent? I think he is. Plays of trains because he doesn't care. Like Lovejoy does not care at all about the fact that he's a priest. Often, like most of Get the time, actually helping people is a pain in the ass. To yeah. Well, no, it was, it wasn't until Flanders came along. True, but and Flanders broke his spirit. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I reckon Lovejoy would be a really smart person who's just been crushed by Springfield. Huh, well, crushed on. by one person, really. Moving along to Alex from Perth. Just a quick question. He's not sure if we covered it before. Okay. Looking on Wikipedia, notice that in just about all seasons, the Treehouse of Horror is always always seems to have the best ratings. This is surprising to him because the Simpsons die hard. He tended to find these episodes less. Does it, does it really? I've never really checked. I'll just have to take his word for it. Yeah, I'll well, her word for know, it. Uh, yeah. I, mm. Damn names that can go <laughs> both ways. Um, not saying that Alex goes both ways. Just that the name goes both ways. Not that there's anything wrong with that. No. Hey, hey, Seinfeld's in town, and I can't help myself. Um, this is surprising because, yeah, as a Simpsons diehard, I always tend to find those, uh, Alex always tended to find those episodes less appealing. Why do we think it is? I'll give you two Treehouse reasons. Treehouse of Horror is less appealing? No, well, no. Why do we think that the Treehouse of Horror tends to have the highest ratings? Because it's different. It stands uh, out. Yeah, it's different. So it's something that I th- I seem to remember. You everyone, don't know what you're going to get. Yeah, everyone looking forward to it with a bit of anticipation and excitement. They could. Uh, Literally anything could happen on yep, that show. Yep, yep. Um, and you're also, you're going to get something that's a bit more adultish, more violent. Yeah. If you're into that, if you're into the horror genre. Yep. And the general excitement in America, particularly of the build-up to Halloween. Yep. Throw on any Halloween special, and it's going to rate its ass off. Mm-hmm. They're the main reasons. Yeah. But I loved it for the for the fact that it was going to be different. Just for one week, yeah. I could go, hey, this, anything could happen here. Yeah. This is going to be cool. And you knowing a lot about movies when you were younger. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. For me, it was a it was an easier way for them to. In in one twenty two minute block, I would get you know you get upwards of fifteen to twenty different references. To hey, they they seen. know that movie that I know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Back in the Seinfeld, like did that classic showman thing of oh my god, Melbourne, Australia, and everyone. Yeah, yeah I, I get that. Hey, that's where we are. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Should we play that clip from that guy? Yeah, Luke Sinclair. Yep. I was just getting up to that. Yeah. Um, how long have we been going for? Uh, an hour and 15. Okay. So, we'll play this clip and then there's a few more emails that I've got saved. Yeah, let's, go might- no- let's go at least 90. Fuck it. Okay. All right. Give them something to write home to mama about. <laughs> if you're writing home to your mama about what two fuckwits in Geelong said about The Simpsons, then you and your mama- one fucking enthralling letter. <laughs> you and your mama <laughs> need to connect more on a deeper level <laughs> because she does not care. <laughs> anyway. Anyway, tell, tell him about the clip. Luke Sinclair. Well, I'll get to the clip in a minute. He's got an email first. Uh, well, Luke was asking about how we would like to end the episode. Uh, sorry, the not end the, end, end the show, which we've discussed a few times before. But the the thought occurred to Luke that a Christmas episode focusing of on... Now, 
Al Jean has said Christmas episode, but yeah. Luke's gone in a slightly different it direction. It is hard to beat that. Christmas idea. episode may be focusing on the death of Santa's little helper. Oh, my. Would be a way to bring the whole series full circle. It would give the last episode the emotional weight it needs that, uh, that The Simpsons were so good at. You'd need to end on a positive note so they could A, get another abandoned dog from the track, or B, adopt another dog from the shelter, or C, receive one of the pups from Mr. Burns from... From the litter. litter. Yep. Uh, I also think it'd be a good joke to name the dog Santa's Little Helper 2 as a nod to their uncreativity with Snowball 2. As much as I hate that, I also really like it. Same. Hate the fact that Santa's Little Helper Hate the dying. idea of yeah. Santa's Little Helper dying. I knew that's what you meant. I, you know, while it, when I look back, a lot of people seem to not like what I'm about to talk about. But the I. Dying in Futurama? No, 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 no. no, no. no. I feel like it's the the whole thing of uh, the final episode needs to be emotional. I don't necessarily have like to be, that. No. no, not if the show hasn't been emotional. Well, the show has been, but it's in parts. Yeah, but I mean, you, you don't want emotional parts. You don't want to end it on a massive downer like no, Santa's no, Little no, Helper no, Dying, no, no. where like which, and I mean, like a lot of shows get overly sappy in that final episode, like. Even a show like fucking... Um, well, Seinfeld went the complete different direction. Well, that's what I was about to get to. But there's a sketch show like Fast Forward, when that came to an end, there was a clip in the final episode of all of the crew of Fast Forward watching clips of Fast Forward, getting all sad and emotional yeah. about the fact that they wouldn't be working together anymore. I'm like, you're a fucking sketch comedy program. Don't show me sad shit in your final yeah. episode. But no, so Seinfeld... I think is the greatest ending of all time because it stays true to what the show was. Like they had a rule the whole way through that no one learns anything. This isn't a sitcom where people learn life lessons and morals. So the fact that they went out on the end with no one learning anything is brilliant for me. Some people complain like, oh, it had no closure. I'm like, that's the point. And if you're- It ends with the the fade out of the prison, right? Yeah, and them having having the exact same conversation that they they had had in the very first episode. And- if you complain about that ending, then that ending is about you, basically. Like, it's it's a joke on you. So, yep. don't, you know. Anyway, um, so that's my only counter to that. I would prefer this. I, I wouldn't want them to skew too heavily towards but the emotional. We, we talk so often about The Simpsons being different because of that emotional punch that was out with Yeah, the emotional punches, but not necessarily going for out-and-out sadness. Yeah. So, it'd be a delicate balancing act. And I feel like killing the dog Just for the sake is of, a yeah. bit too far. Yeah. Uh, no, because yeah. they'd be forever remembered for that. Yes, and every time you watch the dog now, you'd be yeah. thinking of it. Yeah, call it Maud Flanders. A little bit. Do you feel like they regret doing that now? Um, yeah, maybe it changed the character of Flanders. He mm. wasn't the same after that. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, anyway, Luke has also sent in a brilliant impression mm. of Kirk Van Houten. Yes, borrowing some feelings, and we'll play it for you right now. <laughs> Yeah. Really great impression. Actually, Luke, can I set you a challenge? Yeah. Can you take the really horrific Katy Perry song, um, something about catching feels? Don't be afraid to catch feels. I don't know that song. It's fucking awful. Is it but new, is it? Or? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it's, it's, you know what it is? Katy Perry, 
the one thing that Katy Perry had going for her vocally was a very powerful voice. Like she had a distinct voice. Fireworks. Yeah, yeah, and um, fireworks. <laughs> <laughs> California girls. She sings that, doesn't? It? No, I don't know. California. Yeah, I don't know. Continue. Doesn't matter. <laughs> the point is, she had a really powerful voice. Yeah. And then this song is so overproduced; it could be anybody singing it. And she sings in this really falsetto. Wait, like, I think I saw the film clip like, for this. I was like, is this Katy Perry? Don't be afraid to catch feels. And like, I, well, I it mean. It sounds like that. It's going to be number one fucking hit. It is. And it gets played four or five times a day. Now, A, you don't catch feels. It's bad songwriting. Um, C. You can b- borrow them though. C, skipping ahead. <laughs> C, like, don't take your one talent and throw it away. And B, I, how many people are, like, it's, it's just, I'm not, anyway. I would Where like, is this going? I, I want Luke to do Kirk Van Houten doing a cover of Don't Be Afraid to Catch Feels. Don't be afraid to catch feels. This is going to be either really bad or okay. I think it'd be good. <laughs> really bad or okay. Yeah. <laughs> They're our options. So send it in. Let us know, mm. Luke. I want to see if you can do it. Yep. Cover, um, cover some other, uh, other Simpsons songs if you can as well. Yeah, if you could. Cover Lurlene Lumpkin singing Bunk With Me. <laughs> As Kirk? As Kirk. Yeah, okay. Yeah. That, that's what I want. Kirk Van Houten sings. We'll do an and, album. And slip in, somehow slip in a reference to the race car. Bed. Mm. Okay. This is, um. we've got a sort of real life in Simpsons story here. Okay. This has been sent in from Neil from the UK. Firstly, wanted to say that he'd only recently discovered us, but he's currently blasting his way through the episodes. He's uh, up to the period of us covering season five, which is his personal favourite season. So he's not too far away from catching up to this. Where he lives in England, Hull, look along the east coast at about the midway where it looks like a crack is forming and the rest of the country is trying to escape away. That's where Hull is. The city was named the UK City of Culture in 2017, where basically there is a different art slash culture event going on somewhere in the city each day of the year. What year did he write this email? You couldn't just say this year's City of Culture? Anyway. No, well, that's that's the title. Okay, City of Culture 2017. And it's quite important for information that's about to come up later. Cool. The announcement that Hull had been named City of the Culture, hereby referred to as Cock. (laughs) C-O-C. Yeah, I get it. Now, he's put that COC, but I'll be calling it cock. Occurred in... Oh, okay. So, he didn't write that. <laughs> no, well, he did. Oh, but, but he didn't... He, he it, just it, made the anagram. Yes, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, occurred in 2015, thus giving the whole town two years to get ready for what is, in essence, a glorified regeneration of the city that's been needed since before he was born. He's 32, for reference. The first part of the plan was to build a new concert venue. Construction on the imaginative, imaginatively named... Hull Venue began in December. what it was called, Hull Venue. Hull Venue. Began in December 2016, just four weeks before Cox events were due to get underway in the middle of British winter in the lead up to Christmas. So they had a whole. 2015, it was told. Oh, wow. 2016, four weeks beforehand, they went, oh shit, we should probably build something, guys. What were they doing for the 12 months beforehand? I don't know, trying to get away from the rest of the country, I guess. Preparing themselves for the Cox descent. Um, before, so four weeks before the Cox events were due to get underway in the middle of uh, winter. And in addition to this, the local council decided that the best thing to do was to knock down one of the main city centre car parks and build the venue there, meaning that every other one of the car parks were busier than ever. The whole venue is set to open in March 2018 after the Cox events have finished. 
That's pretty good. Yeah. That is pretty good. That is what Springfield would do. That is town planning 101. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this one's great. I'm going to save it to last. I've got okay. two more. Two Go. more and I'm out. Go. <sighs> I feel like I've been doing so much talking. You usually do. But when I normally talk, I don't feel like it's bad if I mumble a word. I'm not interjecting. Well, you said, this is my mailbag. Foot down. God damn it. You are not going to be in. Sat down and you're like, I'm going to sit here and let him do all the fucking talking. This is my pony. And you don't get a ride. This is my pony. And you don't get a ride. Uh, Dando and Mitch I've recently been introduced to your podcast by, fr- by my friends Todd and Tom They were referring to the show so much That I was fed up and had to start listening That's cool Yeah it is kind of cool I, I always want to know what people like Would refer to Like do they quote us Or do they just go The bit when they talked about The bit that happened I liked <laughs> oh, I've actually got a letter that I'll read out in a minute From someone on Facebook Where they were mentioning That they referenced our show And another person was like What the fuck are you talking about Okay But good. I'll get to that in a minute Into yours So they were planning on uh, fully catching up before emailing, but we're listening to the Whacking Day episode where we were talking about the idea that Neil Patrick Harris would make a good Smithers for a real-life Simpsons cast. They would like to counter and suggest that he would be a great cameo as Lyle Landley. I would agree with mm. that, particularly after seeing some of his work in Lemony Snickets. He can play a wide variety yeah. of characters. He also wanted to say that he's made him... Uh, We've made him realise just how much he uses Simpsons quotes in the real world. He's a firm believer that there is a Simpsons quote for any situation, without fail. 100% is, We'll always start the day with up and at them. And we'll always ask my... Oh, did I say he? Meant to say she. We'll always... Yes, this is a Samantha. Um, (laughs) (laughs) My apologies, Sam. Uh, I will always ask my husband at night if he's ready to go to bread. I also can't walk past the freezer section of a supermarket without saying... Moon pie. No. Nice to see you. Nice to see you. <laughs> my absolute Way to breathe, no breath. My absolute favourite Simpsons in the real world quote happened at work. We were having a fire alarm testing and the fire officer was there to check if all was working. When the alarm went off, I asked him, is that the everything is okay alarm? A la um, Cowboy Bob or RV Bob. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, <laughs> Mr. Simpson. It's yeah. a bad that's alarm. A, that's a bad alarm. That's yeah. a, sell this guy a car and you go out of business. That's what the alarm is. <laughs> oh. To which he responded with a somewhat horrified expression whilst the two or three other people looked on blankly. No, that's the fire alarm. <laughs> I, no, I love that. I love that you've gone with one of the most obscure quotes possible that very few people are going to get, but you've thrown it out there in hope. Yeah. And then you've got nothing back. But... <laughs> That's kind of the perfect way for that to have happened. Yeah, because you know in your head that it was hilarious. Yeah, and it's a, and you know in your head that you're a little bit better than that person now. And it's now been read out on our show. Yes, and <laughs> and you know we got halfway through and we finally gave you the proper gender and name. Yes, <laughs> so, you deserve. So there you go. Not everyone gets that. Uh, Is it Samantha or Sam though? Samantha. Okay, so yeah, yeah, the, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's pretty clear cut. I just made a mistake. We got a message um, on Facebook from DL Gorman. And he was saying, years ago, I lost my season seven and eight box set, which was a tragedy. Mm. And so, for over 10 years, he hadn't... Maybe you should come to our trivia and win it. Yes. So, for over 10 years, he hadn't seen certain episodes from those seasons because they weren't on any of the collections and never played on TV that often, which was true Mm. back in the day. However, as a surprise birthday present, he just received those two box sets. And when asked what episode he'd like to watch first, he instantly responded, 22 short films about Springfield. I bet you Dando would be proud, to which my father responded, what the fuck's a Dando? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> What's a dad? <laughs> Look, I've been doing this show for two years and I can't answer that question. Yeah, neither can I. <laughs> I still find it funny when people think that my name is actually Dando. It's been really weird when I've been emailing the publishers back and forth and 
keep typing Dando and then go, shit, I should probably say Brendan. To professionals, yeah. yeah. Even when we had our photos taken the other day and I sent it, I was like, here's the photo. And then I stopped and I had to send them another email going, I'm on the left and, and Brendan's on the right. I was, like, <laughs> I was like, the person I was sending it to has no fucking yeah. idea who I am. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> cool picture though. It was a great Both picture. Both look so happy. Yeah. Yeah. Great work by- uh, Robin Ricketts. Robin Ricketts. I made it Photo picture. credit. Yes. Thank you very much. Also got to give a shout out mm. to- now, girl I work with, the lovely Maddie, she said to me today- Is this the one that listens? That, uh, no, she no? doesn't listen, okay. but she goes, I got a message from um, one of my friends, uh, Eden, saying that, her, oh, from Marco Sullivan saying, do you know a guy called Dando? Mm. I was like, yeah, I work with him. She goes, oh, I listen to, he's like, oh, I listen to his podcast. Ah, so, cool. I thought I'd give a shout out to Marco Sullivan because he's a long time listener of the show mm. and his new fiance, Eden, they only just got engaged. So, well, congratulations con- to Mark and Eden. Congratulations. Yes. That's excellent news. Uh, I had a quite funny interaction with a guy at work, um, relatively new guy named Dave. He's been there for seven weeks or something like mm-hmm. that. And, you know, in the getting to know you stage, feeling each other out, mentioned that we've got the four finger discount. I was like, like I do the Simpsons podcast with a mate and, you know, that's one of the things I do outside of work. He comes up to me a little while later, um, maybe three or four days later. He's like, I saw that uh, four finger discount page. Went, oh, yeah, cool. He's like, you didn't tell me that you had like that many people following you like i thought <laughs> I it was just this little thing that you did it's kind of like a it's like that's that's a really huge deal like he was kind of felt like he was in the presence of grace greatness that was what was coming out of his eyes <laughs> yeah. and was Hodge around, was he? and it got me to the it got me to the point of thinking how long until we can influence elections elections yeah that's my ultimate goal like you know you've got to always be a I'm going to say a long way. You've always got to be re-evaluating your goals in life. And my next one is to be able to swing a vote. I will <laughs> that s- is what I want to do. I will say that when I show the people at work, they're always gobsmacked. Like you said, the same to this mm. guy. 130,000. Holy shit. Like, mm. That's huge. We're just so used to it now. And well, that's not, I, that's not no. trying to brag. I care more about the 10,000 people downloading this podcast. Exactly right. Than I, care yeah. about the people I don't give a shit about the likes. It's the yeah. people who listen to our show. Yeah. Yeah. And the main reason for that is because I see Facebook and most social media as being relatively fickle. Mm. And if I hung who I was off the back of a Facebook page that could very easily in a year or in three years or whatever it is, people might go, you know what? I'm a little bit sick of remembering The Simpsons now. I'm going to unsubscribe from this and get it out of my newsfeed. If that started to dwindle, then I'd be like, if, if that was who I was, I'd then it would hurt. Whereas yeah. now, I don't really care. I could put a post up. We get 5,000 likes. That means nothing to me compared to a letter from a listener saying how much they love the show. Yeah. Or how we help them through a dark time. Yeah. Or sending us care packages of socks in the mail. Or... Um, Our mate, Trickerico or, from New York. Or just, stuff. just a, little, a little bit of, you know, maybe they lean a bit too close and some heavy breathing on a train. Something along those lines. It's the little things, oh, Dando. Do I have a story for you? The human connection that I like. Right. What? On the way home from Seinfeld last night, right? Mm-hmm. There was a guy sitting. So I had the two seater, and then there was the four seaters in front of me. And there was a guy okay. sitting on the. So uh, to explain to people that may not have caught a Melbourne train before. Okay. So there are a bunch of. Side by side, like a, two like seats bus, that all like face bus, yeah. all face in the same direction. And then every now and then, mostly in the middle of the carriages, you'll get a section where two seats face the other two seats. So, a group of four can sit down and all face each other and touch each other's feet. Yes. That's kind of how it works. Yes. That, well, that was the main purpose, yeah, I yeah. think, was to, to gently fondle a stranger's pinky toe. Now, he was on the opposite side. So, he was facing me, right? Mm-hmm. Now, I get about halfway home. It was in Tarnit. So, to put it into perspective, what's 35 minutes from July oh, on the train? I was, was going to say, to put it in perspective, it's like a sewer processing plant. <laughs> but anyway, so we're at that point. Now, that's when he moved to the seat 
so he wasn't facing me anymore. So he was right in front of me, mm. and he had his headphones in. So this isn't a friend of yours. No, no, no. This is just okay. a random dude on the train, right? Now he's he- adjusted halfway through. Pardon? He's adjusted his seat halfway position through. halfway he just through. Changed seats, right? Bizarre. At, 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 when, when the train stopped, and I could hear his headphones, right? Mm. And he had the same song on repeat the entire time till I got off at the Nortelon train station. He mm. stayed on the train. Wow. What song do you reckon it was? You will not guess it. <laughs> well, hey, before it was, before I try to guess, it just reminded me of um, classic Stephen Wright joke, okay. where he's like, I "Drove across country with a friend of mine. We only had one cassette tape for the entire drive. Can't remember what it was." <laughs> anyway, well, <laughs> um, this guy, uh, okay. Let me say, um, American uh, Coco I- Jumbo by no, Mr. President. It was my life would suck without you by Kelly Clarkson. On repeat for 35 minutes. Ooh. Is that a breakup song? My life, I don't know. Would suck with that. I think it's a love song saying how much. Yeah, but like, would that be that the sort of thing that if you had broken up. I want up, you back. Would you because be. My life would suck you, with that. Like, he's just. He wants to experience the pain. Well, I, I can't. I've looked into the lyrics. I don't know. I, I can't remember. I just remember the chorus. Should have reached out and asked. Yeah, yeah. But he was just listening to this song on. Re- and it, I was. I wanted to sort of sleep, but I was so enthralled. I was like, the build up might. Like, okay, the song's ending. Is he going to go again? He's going again. Like, it was just the same song on repeat for 30 minutes. My life would suck without you lyrics. You'd be able to tell from the first verse if it's a breakup song. Guess this means you're sorry. You're standing at my door. Guess this means you take back all you said before. Like how much you wanted anyone but me. Said you'd never come back, but here you are again. Because we belong together now, yeah. Forever united somehow, yeah. You got a piece of me, and honestly, my life, my life would suck, would suck without you. Yeah, so it's someone that's maybe up I was, with her yeah. and come crawling back. Maybe I was stupid for telling you goodbye. Maybe I was wrong. So maybe he was on fight. the way back to his girlfriend's house to come crawling back. Hopefully. Hoping that she's going to sing this song. Or the guy's depressed as hell and has killed himself. I mean, that's oh more of that's, <laughs> that's another extreme. And hopefully that didn't happen. Exactly. But moral of this story is if you're on a train and you're listening to someone. Banger play, of a song. Play, don't get me wrong. If, banger. If you're, listening, <laughs> if you're listening to someone play the same kind of depressing breakup song for an hour. Uh, off the 35 minutes, maybe just ask them if they're okay. I, I was going to ask, but the thing was, I, saw, I wanted to say, do you only have that song on your phone? Because he was using his phone. Yeah. And it wasn't YouTube. It was the, the, he had the track. Yeah. And I'm like, do I want to engage with this person? Like, what's, I, I just didn't know what to do. So I just left him. But yeah, man, 35 straight mm. minutes of Kelly Clarkson. The one song. Yeah. Well, if he wasn't depressed at the start, he would have been at the end. But <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of suicide, 13 reasons why, don't watch it. I've already seen it. Horseshit. Yeah, well... Absolute horseshit. It's Gossip Girl with Suicide. It took eight episodes to become to any to get to anything good. I watched... It. And when I say good, I don't mean like, you know... Spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. If you haven't seen 13 Reasons Why, I'm about to spoil bits and pieces. People got upset when we spoiled a death on the wire. Well, let's leave that, even to, the, though, let's leave that to the very end. Or do you want this to be the no, end? No, I'm doing let's it not, now. Let's not end on suicide. No, I won't end on it. I've got another bit to go. But right. just the point is, I will discuss some plot points within 13 Reasons Why. You don't watch while, it anyway. You don't, you're while, not watch it. A while back, we were discussing some of our favourite TV deaths and people got upset that I spoiled that someone died in a segment discussing I told the TV guy, deaths. I told the guys at work, I said, so we did this bit about the top TV deaths yeah. and then someone wrote in saying how upset they were and they go, but didn't you tell them it was about top TV deaths? Yes. I was like, yes, we did. Yes, we did. <laughs> so anyway, the point is, spoilers, 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 spoilers for about the next 45 seconds. She kills herself. It is not good that she got sexually assaulted and then raped and that she saw no. someone else get raped at a party and all that sort of stuff. That is absolutely fucked. But it is the only time 
really, in the entirety of it, that I felt that anything happened that gave her cause to actually want to kill herself. Yes, exactly. I do not buy the fact that you wanted to kill yourself because someone fucking, what, cheated on a test. Because you had a little weird love triangle and someone liked you and they and then and the then other they, person liked them. They became friends and left you out. And then someone stopped going to the coffee shop. Yeah. Like, fuck off. I'm sorry. It's Gossip Girl with Suicide. And I don't say that to be deliberately mean. I was a teenager. I know what it was like to be a teenager. I had... I've been through depression as a 17, 18-year-old. I, I know I believe all you, of, man. I know all of that. Yes. So, we're not saying this from a kind of fucking pick your chin up kind of point of view. And if you are out there and any of those sorts of things are happening and you feel sad about it, then I my heart goes out to you and I sympathise. But it did not ring true in the show. No. At all. Until the very end. So, I'd sat through seven hours of this going, this is horseshit. Horseshit. When the fuck's something well, actually going to happen? Well, I went from episode four straight to the end because I was like, I'm not sitting through fucking mm. ten more episodes of this shit. It had moments of things that I liked, but it was overall it was not a good show. Anyway, end of spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> Unpause. Any more questions? Yep. Um, this is the final one. The it's final not. One? It's not so much a question as it is a Simpsons in real life story, and it's the greatest prank that I've heard of in quite a while. Greatest prank. This comes from James. I might not say his last name. I actually have one question that you will. That, uh, that's directed for you as well. Okay. Ask well, we'll get to yep, that. Yep, yep. Um, this comes from James. I won't say his last name off the basis of what's about to be told. Uh, it was recommended the podcast by a mate, Matt Raybold. Shout out to you, Matt. He's currently up to sort of halfway through season three, but thought it'd be kind of cool to send an email now and hear it when he catches up. To give a bit of context for what's happened here, he works for Stagecoach, the local bus company in Cheltenham, Gloucester. Sorry, um, Cheltenham, Gloucester, Swindon, and South Gloucester mm-hmm. in the UK. Now, I read that as in Cheltenham, Gloucester, as if that was like Cheltenham was a suburb of Gloucester. That's like, thing. Yeah. So, I was like, Cheltenham, Gloucester. And like, oh, there's more names. Um, New York, New York. And as part of his job, he programs the ticket machines on all of the buses in these towns. Passengers can use a smart card, basically a contactless credit card to uh, use the bus. Being a Simpsons fan, he's programmed the ticket machine so when a new card is sold, it prints a receipt that says, new SMRT card. That's great. <laughs> that is Fucking amazing. Can you please send a photo of that? Yes, please do, James. we will share the shit out of it. Yeah, that'll go nuts on yeah. Facebook. Um, so, James, when you finally do catch up to this, please go through a photo. Yes. Uh, he thinks it's hilarious. Uh, if any of listeners from his neck of the woods have noticed it, you now know that it was entirely intentional. <laughs> and that is all you have for us this week? That was a shitload. Yep. <laughs> that is all you Now, have. I'm not sure we've asked this question before, Feel but I don't remember limp. and I like it. Okay. It's from Alistair Woolger. And he says, this question is directed to Mitch, fellow cricketer. Woolger or Woolger? Woolger, W, so wool with G A R. Yeah, but end. that could be like a vulgar. Vulgar, okay. He's a fellow cricketer. I prefer he, to say it as vulgar. He wants to know Have you ever sledged someone with a Simpsons reference or been sledged by a Simpsons reference? Hmm. I've used the whole yeah. a couple of times. Not too bad. I reckon when I had braces, I would have had more than one or two people yell dental plan at me in high school. Really? Okay. Yeah. Um, nice. Have I ever sledged someone? Mitch needs braces. It wasn't sledged. Like, not so much directly at them, but playing a game of cricket where someone wearing glasses copped a bouncer, broke the glasses, was in quite a bit of discomfort on the side of the pitch. As we were sort of waiting for him to regather his senses, I wandered over to my friend fielding at point and just gave it a little bit of, my eyes, the glasses do nothing. (laughs) (laughs) Who was in more pain, that guy or you when you did your hammy? (laughs) When I nearly did my (laughs) drawing. No, that guy. That guy was fucked up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Quicker ball to the head. Yeah. yeah. At pace. Alrighty, so I hope you enjoyed our review of a, another Simpsons clip show. Mm-hmm. 
This has been the most fun I've had in a long time on the show. Oh, that's good. <laughs> I hope the listeners have liked it and not just gone, this is dull. They're not really talking about I the show we've anymore. we've just gone all out. This is like the Mission Down a Variety Hour. I well, think it's been good. Yeah, this was me. This was my, as I said last week, this was me in protest. I was refusing to talk about the episode. This is us just slapping shit together. Mm. Yeah, it's been good. Well played. Hey, fist bump. There it is. So, thanks for listening. Do appreciate it. Guys, once again, Simpsons Seinfeld trivia. Make sure you come, because we're going to be co-hosting with our friend mm-hmm. Nick from Seinfeld's Best Bits. Make sure you like his page on Facebook as well. Seinfeld Season 1 on DVD. Simpsons Season 1 to 9 on DVD. Did you say Seinfeld Seasons 1? Season 1 to 9 on DVD. Okay. Yeah. okay. Both of them. Season 1 to 9 yep. on DVD as prizes, plus other stuff. Best dress, get mm. the prize. Seinfeld so really fell away after Season 9, I feel. So, exactly as long as you right. get Season yeah, 1 yeah, to yeah. 9, that's the yeah, best. Yeah. Yeah. Season 1 to 8 on DVD. <laughs> Don't get nine. But anyway, so lots of fun and games. It's not just trivia, but we... Nick is a... Hang on, what is it? Is it legitimately seasons one to eight or is it seasons one? No, I'm joking. Okay. I was going to say that. They- well, I'm confused now because <laughs> you've said three different things. <laughs> All the seasons of Seinfeld. Plus seasons one to nine of The Simpsons. Correct. Uh, lots of fun and games. Nick is an avid fan of Seinfeld. He really mm. puts a lot of effort into it. He's been doing the Seinfeld trivias for a few years now, a couple mm-hmm. of years we are obviously big Simpsons fans. We really want to put on a show mm. to be proud of, don't we? Yeah, it's yeah, going to be fantastic. Every Seinfeld I'm excited because fan. I mean, truly, I'm a bigger Seinfeld fan than I am a Simpsons. Really? Fan. Okay. Yeah, I I love Seinfeld. Yep. Like I love the Simpsons, but but Seinfeld was all, was just the show that I watched the more of the most of for the longest. Okay. So for me, that was one that you know I, I I'm super 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 excited to be able to get back into called it called Worlds Are Colliding and tickets are available on stickytickets.com.au $25 each but if you come in groups of I think it's 2, 4, 6 and 10 I think, it, I think something on those lines sounds familiar um, you save more money you than ha- more people that come you do have to book basically in those groups because it's with a spot of Mallard seating arrangements yeah yeah we have no choice how, yeah yep. that's how they can fit it in and tickets are selling fast so yeah. if you want to come make sure you get tickets it was, soon it's jam- it was jam-packed I'm not just that either like tickets are selling yeah, fast yeah no it was jam-packed when we went even just as a Seinfeld night there was yeah. Like there was, you know, you couldn't. <laughs> I was about to steal someone else's joke. I won't do that. Okay. Like you, you could barely think there was the room was that full. Um, but in a great way, like really positive. There's going to be prizes for dress ups and all that sort of stuff. So make sure you come dressed, yeah, either as a Seinfeld character or as a Simpsons character. It doesn't really matter. Yes, that's it. Alrighty, Mitch. Any final words for the listeners this week? Next week, we're going to be reviewing Itchy and Scratchy Land, one of your favourites. Oh, yes. Yes. I can't wait for that. Oh, Nothing I, can possibly go wrong. I, I was talking about a book reading. Should I? Oh, yes. Let's do it. Let's okay. end on that. Yeah, cool. All right. That can be your final words. Okay. What, what are you going to be reading? What part? That's a really good question. I am going to open the book. You just have the whole book in front of you. Yeah. Do you want to read an episode review? No, I was thinking- bit, A bit long, maybe? Should we tell the people how the book's laid out? How we have the conversations amidst all of the episode reviews? Perhaps we should. So each season kicks off with a conversation between Mitch and myself written in the form of a conversation. So M, whatever Mitch says, mm-hmm. D, whatever I say, because we wanted to try and cover as many episodes and moments as possible. We didn't want to, we didn't have enough room in the book to do full episode reviews, so we picked out our five favorites plus one key favorite from each season yep. that we both really liked. Yep. The ones that didn't and, get reviewed. And not necessarily favourite as in like your traditional favourites either. Sometimes it was more about just the ones that meant the most to us yeah, yep. or that might have meant the most to the show. Yeah. As, as, as we said before, the, sh- the book is about what the show means to mm. us as, as fans. And sometimes the mo- like our favourite episodes aren't the most interesting ones to actually talk about. No, either. no, no. So th- they're all the ones that are, I guess, the best to actually read or write about. Also includes a um a backstage or a write up about my backstage tour when I went to mm-hmm. the Simpson Studios and stuff like that interviews with the cast and crew but the the conversation pieces are just us covering as much about the seasons what we liked what we didn't like what they could have improved 
fun facts, that kind of thing about yep. all the episodes within each season. And it goes in order, one through to nine. Mm-hmm. Plus a bit, a section on episodes that you should have watched from episodes uh, from seasons 10 through to 28. Um, we did a bit of that as well. Plus, it's just there's so much in there. As a fan, you're going to love it. Yeah. Even, you can purchase it as pre-order now on Amazon. Even if you're only a mild fan of the show, like it, 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 I, we've, I feel like we've pitched this enough that... Even if you just are a fan of TV, you're probably. I, I would hope there will be enough in this book for you to like. And certainly around the offices, they like people that have read it. Some have been hardcore Simpsons fans. Some haven't been. And the ones that weren't fully Simpsons fans have still really, really enjoyed reading. Well, it. I said to the guys at work last week. I said there's guaranteed to be at least one thing in this book that's going to remind you of something about your childhood and make you smile. Hmm. Um, okay, let's jump to. I'll read a little bit of my review from Reality Bites, Season 9, Episode Just a portion nine. of it, yeah. Just I'll, a portion of it. i start about Phil Hartman. Yeah. Yep. Okay. I'll leave it to you. All right, then. Reality Bites, Season 9, Episode 9, Review by Mitch. Tired of being cooped up in the house, Marge pushes for Homer to go out with her for some fun and adventure. A police auction wasn't exactly what she had in mind, and when Homer buys Snake's old car without discussing it, she is pushed further over the edge. Walking home alone, she comes across Lionel Hutz selling real estate and decides to make a run at the profession herself. May 27, 1998 is one of the first times I remember being consciously aware of the morning news as a child. My parents would often put the news on in the morning to stop cartoons distracting me while I was getting ready for school, but what I heard on that day stopped me in my tracks, for it was the day that the world lost Phil Hartman. Just five months earlier, Reality Bites went to air and featured his final speaking role as Lionel Hutz. It's hard to compare the very real loss of a human that colleagues and friends of Phil's would have felt on that day to the imagined loss of fictional characters, but I'll do it anyway. When you constantly create characters who are larger than life, those characters create lifelike emotions when they get lost. As fans grieved around the world, even at the age of 10, I knew that we were losing a -a once-in-a-lifetime talent. One who, courtesy of his continual appearances on SNL and The Simpsons, had influenced the comedic styling of many of my generation. From his first appearance as Hutz in Bart Gets Hit by a Car, through to taking over as Troy McClure, or his show-stealing effort as Lyle Landley, Hartman has created some of the most memorable characters in the show's history. We wanted to take a moment just to say thank you and reflect on all the joy that he brought to our lives. It is fortuitous that what became his final speaking appearance would allow Hutz to shine in his new role as a real estate agent. It's a perfect transition for Hutz as he switches from one hated profession to another. Ironically, despite being a terrible law-talking guy, he comes across as a damn good realtor, teaching Marge the ropes of looking for the positives in a property. Small equals cosy, dilapidated equals rustic, on fire equals motivated seller. The difference between the truth and the truth is one that I would later have to come to terms with as I was buying my own house for the first time. My friends described my cheap two-bedroom unit as a tiny cesspit where hope goes to die. I preferred to think of it as a snug collector of dreams. It's all in the detail. There you have it, folks. There is just the opening little, opening little bit of Reality Bites. Just one review. We have how many? There's well, at least 30 reviews in there. Uh, full, full reviews? At, at least. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We, we try to cover as much as possible of the golden era. Yes. And as you can see, like we, we try to delve a little bit into parts of our personal lives. I, I've kind of described this as being a semi-autobiographical take on The Simpsons. I sort of talk about how in I review Lisa the Vegetarian, mm-hmm. how ever since I watched that episode, I've never eaten lamb since. Yeah. Legit, yeah. Had that much of an impact on me. Just, yeah, we tried to incorporate as many I picked up the stories. slack. Don't worry. <laughs> what? <laughs> well, well, I noticed there was more lamb at the supermarket. So, oh. well, <laughs> someone's got it. <laughs> You love cooking your meats, don't you? I do. I love cooking. What's your favourite meat? Like beef. You can do a lot with. Like what did you cook for your for your party that night? 
That was um uh, the barbecue. Yeah, uh, I did a br- oh, I did brisket. A br- yeah. I did a brisket and a pulled pork. That's right. I, I kind yeah. of had some of some of both worlds. Um, oh, yeah, no, I I would sl- just ever so slightly lean towards pork because you can have it for breakfast as easily as you can for dinner. Yeah, I've never eaten beef for breakfast. Mm. You could try it. You could have like beef hash or well, something like that. Why don't we eat beef for breakfast? There's no real reason other no. than the fact that it's kind of more time consuming. Yeah. I know, like, if you were a full-on bodybuilder or something like that, you'd have a, like, you know, steak for breakfast with a with a shitload of um, veggies and stuff like that. Yeah. Like, I'm sure The Rock eats steak before 9 o'clock. Just any sleep, just eating it. Yeah, <laughs> he just doesn't even know. He just yeah. wakes up and the fridge is empty. <laughs> what happened? Yeah. Alrighty, thanks for listening, guys. Really do appreciate all of your support. Hope you've enjoyed our review or just our discussion for the last nearly two hours now. Mm. Close the mailbag. That's it. Catch you later, guys. Thanks again for listening. See you next week. From one card to 15, the Ridge is the last wallet you will ever need. RFID blocking to protect your information and offered with free worldwide shipping and a lifetime guarantee. And to save 10% on your next Ridge wallet, go to ridgewallet.com and type the code WALLETINSPECTOR. Ridge wallet, it's the wallet for you.